up, White Sox fans? Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox. And you are watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure to tune in. going on everybody and welcome to South Burbs Hitman. I am one of your hosts Joe Mandel and I'm joined by all my White Sox brothers in arms for the first time in quite a while. We've got Steven Zim Zimmerman, Chris Gonzalez and Vinny Parisi and we have a very special guest who's going to be a co-host with us all night. We're really excited to have him. Ray the Barber is in the house. Ray SK at SK Powell on Twitter knows his White Sox, and he knows his fresh cuts. Ray, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Hey, uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be uh, on the show. I want to thank y'all for having me on. Uh, I'm honored to come on to the show with you guys, man. This is a big time for me. Thank you. Hey, no no problem at all. We're just excited to talk some White Sox baseball. Uh, Unfortunately, it's been a bit of a slow start here tonight. I think that's a bit of an understatement. Uh, Lance Lynn kind of getting schlopped around. Uh, when we talked about Lynn's sanity this morning, this is not what we were hoping for. But one thing I want to touch on before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, I want to toss it to you, Vinny, for one moment, because you put out an article this afternoon about there being some potential unrest in the White Sox clubhouse. I uh, just wanted to give you a moment to briefly speak to that and kind of you know what you've heard. Yeah, so Bob Nightingale came out with a report. It kind of started over the weekend, but then he went on 670 to score today. And I forget the name of the show he went on, but those guys at 670 are awesome. I I like Chicago sports radio. It gets a lot of heat because of people that call in and spew nonsense and stuff. But like the score and ESPN 1000, those are all entertaining shows. So Bob Nightingale on there talking about how there's some unrest in the White Sox locker room about how there's clicks 
and all that kind of stuff. And they even talked about it on the show at 7 a.m. this morning. And then Bob Nightingale went on the score at around 3.30 and kind of explained everything that's going on. It just sounds to me like a story that's obviously going to be overblown and one that, yeah, of course it's not perfect in the White Sox locker room right now. You saw the difference in the reaction of Tim Anderson making the All-Star team. In 2020, yeah. they freaked out like they won a division title. And in 2022, or in 2021, they freaked out like they won a division title. In 2022, it was like, oh, congrats, Tim. You know, like, good job, man. Yeah, they're all sitting in their chairs. Tim didn't yeah. even look like he cared. It was kind of and, weird. And Tim Anderson was named as an all-star game starter. Like, that is a tremendous honor in baseball. The last White Sox player to do that was Abreu in 2019 and 2018. And then before that, it probably had been a while. And I'm pretty sure Alexi Ramirez, the year he replaced Jeter in Jeter's last all-star game, that's the last time a White Sox shortstop made it at all. Or yeah, before Tim, before Tim last year. And, you know, he's a great player. And, you know, I understand not freaking out when you're not in the top spot in the division. Like, of course, the feeling is different in the locker room this year than last year. So to me, Bob Nightingale's story is it's going to get overblown. You know, doofuses are going to go all over the place acting like it's the end of the world for the White Sox. It is devastating if it's like where the players hate each other. But that kind of already got shut down by Jesse Rogers earlier today. So, you know, a three-run home run is good chemistry, as the saying goes. <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, Ray, I wanted to briefly toss it over to you to get your thoughts on the situation because, you know, as as a lot of folks know, and I know that you, you're, you're a military man and you know how you know much teamwork and camaraderie means to a team. Uh, for you, what do these reports mean and how can these guys fix it? Well, um, I think that the guys are um, are looking for a spark, right? So sure. in the in the military, um, as a as a as a leader of men, when I was in the army, I would I would figure out who's the unsung leader of the groups, right? So say there's one guy he gets gravitated to. So as the leader of that of that platoon or that squad or whatever I had, I would I would rip him a new one in front of all of them, right? Yeah. And then I would pull him aside and and talk to him and say, hey man, here's the reason why I did that, right? And you may not understand now, but the the guys look up to you for whatever reason, whatever it could be. You could just be the the best looking soldier or the best um, the best uniform having soldiers, most shine boots or whatever. But um, if I did that, they'll be like, man, if he can do that to them, we got to get our stuff together, right? So yeah. I think that the guys just need a spark, man. I don't care if it's a, 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 a in the locker room type stuff, but that that report though. It was kind of just like, where did this come from? And that's what kind of took me uh, took me off on it. Like, I don't even know how that came about. I guess the the video came out. Then soon soon as the video comes out, here comes that report. So it's like everybody's looking at it. Like Vinny said, like it's the end of the world. But I don't think that's the case. Um, a three run shot is the end all. Yoan gave us that tonight from a guy who hasn't even hit <laughs> over two hundred this year. So that's here we right. are. Yes, yeah. the thing I wanted to add, Bob Nightingale. He's reputable with the White Sox, as unreputable, unreputable as he's been with other teams. He's got multiple mouthpieces in the White Sox organization. I know that for a fact. I've been told that from my source. And when Bob Nightingale tweets something about the White Sox, take it for what it's worth. And what it's worth is the White Sox aren't as happy-go-lucky in the locker room as they would be if they were in first place by 10 games. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, of course, apparently Kenny Williams talked to the boys before the game today, 
and then they have Lance Lynn go up and give up five runs in the first inning. So, you know, we'll see what kind of fight they put up the rest of the game. That's what it's all about here. Um, haven't had a chance to toss it around the horn yet to Chris or Zim. Gonzo, it's been a hot minute since uh, since we've seen you. So I'll just give you the floor for a moment. First off, how are you doing? And secondly, what kind of baseball do you feel like watching tonight? You're on mute, my friend. Living live the mute game. Live in the mute game like a rookie. All right. Um, I started off the morning on uh, Sean Sierra's uh, morning zone, Chicago. Sean, um, Sean and Maya in the morning. That's right. Yep. On Sports Zone Chicago. And if you haven't seen it, that was a hot 35 minutes. That got me really amped in the morning. Um, only thing was I had to wait that whole break from then to this show. <laughs> so that kind of uh, sold me down a little bit. But um, that was definitely exciting. Um, shout out to uh, Sean for getting me on there. I was excited to be on. For sure. Um, but to go to this article, um, I think I read somewhere that this was from late April is when this unwrath was from. And that was all. I think who it was. I think Chuck asked sheets who the leader of the clubhouse is and he said it was lance lynn so this was the time that lance lynn was even there and D dallas keichel was blaming everybody but himself so yeah when you're losing and you have that toxicity in your clubhouse you're going to have that negativity in your, in your clubhouse it's not really a shocker there um all together i mean listen winning sparks everything and changes the whole game and this is the time to get on a little stretch here within your own division to hopefully get above 500 going into the all-star break. So it's time to, instead of uh, speaking it, action is in word or action is in action. So that's right. our winning. Let action speak louder than anything else. So let's get it done, boys. Uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman, he's with us. He's back with us tonight. Zim, how you doing, buddy? You were officially getting married. Yes. We paid a, a lot of money for a venue and they still want three times that amount. So, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we sent out some invitations today. Life is good. Or invitations, save the date, excuse me. We're, uh, we're a little ways out still, hey, but man. yeah, right. uh, it's been a busy Congrats. two weeks for me. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a busy two weeks for me since last time we all spoke. Uh, it's awesome to have Ray here to join the show tonight. Good to talk. Yeah all i mean we we got a lot to talk about after the last two weeks we got <laughs> we got hot performances we got ice cold performances we got uh all-star game coming up so some rosters were just announced we got uh, a starter and got some snubs some some snubs for sure and some uh some more controversial snubs that i think uh you know need to be discussed later on but we're not quite there yet this locker Will room be. piece that uh that Vinny wrote about that Bob Nightingale reported on though I uh I gotta say I was not surprised to see it come out I I really wish that I was but unfortunately like the way this team has been going this season like that's just that's that's what happens and you know winning cures all ailments but I mean losing does just the opposite it it takes these rifts that are in this team and and just makes them even deeper and spreads them further apart you know, and you can kind of see it on the team already, um, just in the way they talk about each other, the way they group up, you know, and especially because some of these guys, you know, they, they tend to group up based on, um, you know, the fact there's a lot of Cuban guys on this team. And that's just a natural yeah. thing. Like you, you, uh, 
you group towards what you're familiar with. Right. And so it's not to say anything about anybody. It's just to say that like, this is human nature taking over at this point, you know? So hopefully, you know, a few more of these three run homers happen. Um, these guys come together a little more tightly. Um, I don't know that firing anybody fixes anything, but the guy we would fire is the guy that we need to talk about in this next segment. And that is LaRusso's locker. So this is a segment we like to call Arusa's Locker. We get to tee off on the manager, or we get to give him props where props are due. And uh, we like to let our guests go first here, Ray. So uh, we're curious to get your thoughts on the last uh, week of Tony Larusa, the decision making, the, the lineups, whatever you have to say. This is your floor to say it. Wow, I didn't know it was gonna come straight to me. All right, so I could I could give it to someone else if you want a minute. No, 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 no. I'm good to go. I'm good to go because uh, um, watching watching the game the way I watch them now has really uh, made me a smarter baseball person. But at the end of the day, Larusa has been having an up and down kind of uh, uh, last two weeks. But I want to say that the last game, yeah, it was the last game. He made a move. Uh, a couple moves that people were like up in arms about. Um, and it was the bringing in of um, it was before he brought in Renato Lopez. He brought in, um, I forget who that was. Was that Tanner Banks? Was it, was it Banks? No, it wasn't Banks. It was um, who the heck was it? Oh, Either wait, way, Ruiz. Who was it? Ruiz? Who would pitch that shutout inning? Was I'm trying to remember which game this Jimmy is. Jimmy Lambert. No, no, the last, the last game. It was oh. the last game. It yeah, was Vinny Lambert. Oh, it was Lambert. Yeah, it thank you. It was it was Lambert. It was Lambert. Then he went and went with uh Raylo, Graveman, and then um we, we brought in uh Hendrix to close it out. And I was pretty pissed off about bringing Lambert in initially, but then you look at it, you know, he was he was right because of who was coming up to bat. So sometimes I think with LaRusa, I, I just kind of like have to he sold me a couple years ago and um uh, when what well, last year when he first came on about how he would do the lineups and and how he uh rested people and everything like that so i'm not too hard on tlr as much as a lot of people are but that last game kind of got me to where I, I understand him a lot better because of how he just does it but then the lineup thing um he kind of stacks the lineup a little different than what i would do if i was a manager of a baseball team i wouldn't stack so many um uh let's just say contact hitters on top of each other i would try to want to spread them out a little bit um but that's just me totally man appreciate it ray it's uh been a wild the wild west for tony the russo and you know one thing i just wanted to touch on is i'll give him i'll give tony props for saturday and sunday i feel like he did a good job with the bullpen um his usage of jose ruiz over the last two weeks I've been content with it. I mean, Ruiz has been dynamite. Um, I, I I didn't like uh, – trying to think what was that on Saturday. Um, took out Cease and Vinny, correct? I'm trying to remember who the heck came in after after Cease came out uh, on Saturday. Was it Reynaldo uh, Lopez? 
I believe it was Raylo. I mean, everything he's the way he's using Reynaldo Lopez this year. I just got to give Tony props. He has not had a great two weeks, but I'm giving him props where props are due. Saturday and Sunday, Tony was good. He did what he had to do to get it done. Um, lineups, eh, I don't like the lack of use of Andrew Vaughn, but as we're going to talk about later in the show, Andrew Vaughn has been abysmal the last two weeks. So I don't have as much of a problem with it right now. Like him not playing tonight, eh, you know, I'm not super outraged, but I would like to see him at least get a pinch hit later on. Um, Vinny, how you feel about TLR? Uh, I actually thought TLR had a good weekend. Um, the team played like dog crap against Detroit in the first yes, two games, and he helped them win the second two games against Detroit. I firmly believe that bringing in Jimmy Lambert was something that is him kind of outmanaging the other team, right? Like that—that that was a really smart move. I—I I thought that was awesome. And after that, he took out Gavin Sheets, who already hit a home run. So you're like, okay, he's taking out the guy who has a hot bat and a hot stick in the game already for A.J. Pollock, who, as we all know, drives in the game-winning run. Okay, that's another yeah, great night. Great that's, great, that's a great game for Tony. That's a manager win right there. And then tonight. Are you kidding me? Lance Lynn is in what in it's the fifth inning, okay? He pitched 40 pitches in the first inning. Right, so he's already behind the eight ball early. You already are not yeah. getting a quality start from Lynn. All right, so you know it has the potential to become a bullpen game at any moment. He enters the fifth inning with ninety pitches. Okay, I don't hate him coming out. There were some people on Twitter saying he should have never came out to start the inning. I disagree with that. I would have let Lance come out with ninety pitches in the fifth inning, see if he could get you through five. But then Lance Lynn gives up a single. Then Lance Lynn hits the next batter. In what world, with 99 pitches, do you let Lance Lynn face the third batter of that inning? I have no I, idea. I was appalled that he threw the first pitch to Jones. And then what does Jones do? He hits a double. It's now 7-4 White so or Guardians instead of 5-4. I'm not saying Matt Foster would have came in and got them out of the inning. Those runs would have been charged to Lynn anyway. But in no way are you in the high 90s after giving up a single and hitting a batter, staying in. I, I That was an egregious move. If they lose this game, um, I'm going to look back at that. I mean, after a great weekend, he's uh, he he had a terrible – it's a terrible game so far today. And, yes, Lance Lynn giving up five set up Tony for, you know, failure here. But yeah, for sure. But all year long, the – the manager has, for the most part, hasn't taken player issues and done what he can to make it better. Uh, uh, two things can be true. The players suck. The roster is a, a disaster because of lack of moves in the offseason. And the manager makes it worse. So to me, all three of those things come together on most nights. I, you know, congrats to Tony for the great win on Sunday. It was much needed. If they would have lost three or four to Detroit, this would be an even worse mood right now than it is. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, I thought Michael Kopech bounced back nicely. You know, it was a great day overall. But, you know, as of right now, I'm medium on Tony. Just medium. Yeah. Well, hey, it's better than most weeks. So we'll yeah, take it. Yeah, it's better than most uh, weeks. Because I, I, you, I'm not going to deny what the weekend was. You know, I say what I see, not, you know, I don't want Tony to fail. I like Tony. When he was with the Cardinals, big, who's the biggest Cub hater on planet Earth? Me. 
Okay, I loved when Tony was dominating all the time back in the day. It's just not sure. working anymore. It's not working anymore. Well, hey, it's probably the last season of it, I can imagine. But I'll toss things to our buddy Chris Gonzalez next. I know you will. Uh, you like to taste Tony's chode sometimes, so why don't you go for it? Yeah, when are we going to stop blaming Tony when we See, I, I, barely, I, I, we barely I, I, touched any blame for the players? I just shit on Lance Lynn. All right. And that but was it's not just Lance Lynn. Too. It's not just Lance Lynn. Well, today for, this Lance whole Lynn. Season, for this whole season, it's but not today, just Lance Lynn. Today, it's Lance Lynn. That's the only thing I shit yeah. on Tony about in this episode was today. Okay, well, I'm just getting back from two weeks of hearing you guys talk about other shit during the last two weeks, that blaming Tony and what whatnot. So I'm just catching up here, all right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny, because, yes, Lance Lynn – when you know you have eight games in seven days, you need to go deep into this game. You got to figure out what's not working early on and get through it. Because um, quite frankly, yeah, you're only at 90 pitches and you need to get through that fifth inning. Because like I said, you have a doubleheader tomorrow and the game following that. And this is a deep stretch here this week into our division. And you need to get the job done. Um, so yeah, as far as that topic goes, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. A year ago, we had when we were on this segment, we had barely anything to talk about for Tony. And he's had to deal with a lot more this year. But at some point, you know, you know what? I say this. All right. Fire him. Fire him. Great. Because I want to see these players get the blame. I do. Bring in whoever. I don't care because you're not going to get anything different. You're not converting with runners in scoring position. Your defense is a liability. And um, – for the fact that your innings pitch out your starters are very low throughout the league compared to the league, you have to go to your bullpen more, and you're destroying your bullpen when they're already injured. So what is going to change when you fire Tony? Please tell me. Because I'll tell you it's not much is going to change. You're still going to get – you'll be lucky to get a 500 ball club. The fact that they're at 500 and even in the division is crazy. I rest my case. All right. Sorry, I, 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 my internet died, so I'm back. But uh, I, I like the, the chat room's fired up. They said you're running hot, and Gonzo's, Gonzo's feeling it today. He's got that fire from Sean Sierra, you know, flowing through his veins. So uh, I like it, Gonzo. I mean, you're passionate, you know. I, I don't have to put you in my pocket, like I said the last couple of weeks, because you weren't here. I said I wanted to put a little Gonzo in my pocket, so I could. Kinda... And I've said it. I've said time and time again. If I thought this was a Tony issue, I'd be saying, get him out of here. Let's go to someone else. And I told you from the first show, when we talked about this hiring, I was content with it, but I wanted other guys interviewed. But I didn't agree with Han with this whole championship window thing. So, but anyways, go ahead. How about you, Zim? You know, Gonzo brought up a really good point when he mentioned that this time last year, we did not have much to say about Tony La Russa. No, we did not. This year, like, it's all over the place, you know, and I defended Tony La Russa up until mid-May or so this year. You know, I, I was really all aboard with him. And I think what I've determined it kind of boils down to, because I've kind of gone back and listened to some of the stuff that we've all had to say about him over the last few months. Um, he's been so inconsistent this year. I think that's my issue is, is there's no predictability out of him as a manager right now. You don't know, you you know, you go, you come off a weekend like he just had where he's pulling guys when they need to be pulled. 
He's putting guys in, in positions to succeed. He's sitting down guys who are clearly cold at the plate and putting guys who are in positions to succeed or, or who have been succeeding in the positions he's put them in continue to be put into those positions, right? Like think about how months ago we're screaming at him for or months, I guess a month ago, we're screaming at him for why are you playing Larry Garcia every day? And then <laughs> yeah. he goes on a two week tear <laughs> like he did, you know, not, not this past week, but the two weeks prior to, or sure. he, I mean, he could do no wrong, but he's still out there every day. And Andrew Vaughn has gone ice cold and he's riding the pine as a result of it. It's like, that's the kind of inconsistency that's kind of starting to bother me with his management style. In addition to the yeah. fact that like Ray mentioned, there's the way that this batting lineup is stacked. It, it feels to me like the way I would stack a high school lineup, not the way I would stack <laughs> a professional lineup where you're trying to kind of bury the guys at the bottom of the lineup. And it's like, why are you doing that? You're just putting three outs in a row right there. You know, you yeah. got to kind of, you got to diversify your lineup. And I, I guess you could make the argument that's what he was trying to do earlier in the year with all these different lineups. But ever since Eloy's come back, ever since Moncada's come back, like he's really fallen into a groove with the lineup, I feel like, the last week or week and a half or so. It feels like it's been real consistent. And while that, I think, is good for this team, the consistency is awesome, I just disagree with the way it's built. So, yeah. I mean – Hey, there's a reason why Tony La Russa is managing a major league ball club and I'm not. All right. I'll be the first one to admit that. I should not be the guy in that dugout right now. First of all, I'm like half as tall as the rest of the guys on the team. But more importantly, this is, this is true. more importantly, I don't have the shuffle like La Russa. Well, I, I think we could all agree that none of us want to be in that manager chair right now. No, um, and, and that's just it. Like that's why to. that's why you got Tony La Russa is because you got a guy who's capable of handling these situations who the whole city can be mad at <laughs> and you know, the whole city can be mad at him and he's just unfazed. He is, he is Steve Bartman with his headphones on right now, man. Nobody's getting through to him. So, all right. Did well, the White Sox, just, uh, White Sox just chased a pitcher out of the game. Uh, runners on first and third, nobody out in the top of the seventh, but I think it's time to chase this LaRusso's locker segment out of this podcast right now. And uh, uh, we're just going like to move on to Adam Dutt of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Ah, uh, yes. The good old Adam Dud segment. And Ray, if you're not familiar, this is the segment of the show where we pick the guys, your number one guy that uh, shit the bed last week. So there's there's quite a few nominees for the week. Uh, you know, you can kind of pick your poison, but uh, I can go ahead and just let you pick a name. It doesn't have to be based on stats or anything. It could just be based on what you've seen with your own two eyes. Uh, who is your Adam Dudd player of the week, Ray? Wow, Adam Dudd player of the week. That's That's – with this team, it's like, wow, you know. There's a lot to choose in, from. <laughs> throw them in a fucking hat and see what comes out. But um, <laughs> uh, if I had to pick, um, you said for the week, I don't know because he hasn't played that much. But um, Reese McGuire, like where the hell has he been? So that's been my dud. Like Reese McGuire, I mean, Savala comes up and he goes on a fucking tear. He's been ripping the cover off the ball. And he's been catching everybody except for, I want to say, um, Copic, 
So he's, yeah. you know, he's essentially made our signing of Reese McGuire null and void. And here we are. Uh, once again, Zavala starting tonight. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah Reese McGuire is my dud. And and he had a – he threw out a guy yesterday, but it wasn't because of a good throw. It's because of a good tag. Exactly. So, that tag by uh, Harrison, right? It was Harrison. I believe that was Jay yeah. Hay that made the tag yesterday. Yeah, I think it was sure. Jay Hay made that tag. It was he's, his. When we get to y'all, got a segment for who you're happy about coming we up. We do. That's after. Okay, that's great, after this wonderful. One. Don't nobody pick my guy. All right. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's lead off with the guy or Zim here. Actually, Zim, who are you going with with your Adam Dud of the week? Can I go with the entire umpiring crew from that Minnesota series? Those guys were oh. terrible. Oh yeah, my that, was, God. that was pretty bad. I mean, I've watched, I've watched some bad games this season, but I mean, those guys might as well have been wearing twins uniforms. I mean, yeah, no the stuff, the stuff that just was not getting called on one side and was getting called on the other. That was a hometown crew for sure. And I mean, I, I hate to complain about umpiring. Like I really, really try not to, especially now that Joe West is retired, you know, but Every once in a while, you got a crew like that where you're just like, oh, man, it, it feels like they're against you. Um, and and I know that's not the case. And I know sometimes these guys just have off nights. It just, again, it felt like those off nights all turn the same direction. Um, but no, if we're going to do a White Sox player, I got to give it to Joe Kelly. That's, that's a dude that I really thought was going to be a, a key signing for this team and for the good reasons. And That's he's a been brutal a key two weeks. All the wrong reasons, man. Six earned runs and four innings pitched. I mean, look at the six walks. This guy got chased out of the MLB. I mean, I know I've, I've used that term like three times in the last five minutes now, but I yeah, mean, he got true. chased out of the MLB like a dog with his tail between his legs. And I thought he was going to come back with a fire and he was going to be pissed off. We were going to get, you know, that that chirping Joe Kelly that you always saw the videos of when he was with uh, was that with L.A. Yeah. No, man, he you see the reason he was just waiting for somebody to call him on March 15th. Yeah, I guess so. And kind of this one kind of backfired for the Sox so far. He just finished off a, a halfway decent inning there, but uh you know, we'll we'll see how he continues to be used. I, I don't, I don't even necessarily think it was the way he was used. In, in all honesty, I think he came into positions that he was paid to come into, and yeah, he was I mean, paid to take care of. And I mean, the way you said oh. it coming into this segment, shit the bed. Well, Tim Anderson just shit the bed like rounding into a double play. But Joe Kelly shit the bed just about every time he got on the mound this week. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good choice there. Zim, Vinny Parisi, who's your dud this week? Yeah, I was going to take Joe Kelly. Um, I'm happy Zim mentioned him. Um, the only thing I fear about pooping on Joe Kelly too much is because Liam Hendricks was up for this segment pretty much every single week early in the season. And this happens with relievers sometimes, especially since if you think about the timelines critically, Joe Kelly sure. – missed the first month and a half of the season so he's still it's still the beginning of the year for him whereas liam Hendricks is like locked in now that stretch where he was brutal in april and may he has a 0.00 era since june 2nd in 13 appearances his whip is like 0.05 like 
He's been the best reliever in baseball since the beginning of June, as he's known for being over the last like two or three years now, you know, back with the A's. And he's not even on the all-star team. Yeah, he's not on the all-star team. It's probably because of that first half of the first half, 25% struggle where, you know, if if he pitched like he did the last 13 appearances all year long, he'd be like the number one reliever in the all-star game. He still could be the reliever of the year by the end of the year. So I have hope for Joe Kelly with Liam in mind and how the White Sox handle pitching. It's the only part of their coaching staff that doesn't stink. So, you know, in terms of a dud of the week to pick, I'll go with Yoan Moncada, the guy I picked for pick to click. Um, Big three-run home run tonight. Hopefully that's a sign of him being back. These aren't the worst Yoan stats of all time. Obviously, you don't want him batting 214, but he's got those six RBIs. And I saw it in a tweet earlier today. Someone tweeted out um, his stats with runners in scoring position. It's like, holy shnikes. He's one of the most clutch players in the American League. And then his batting average when players aren't in scoring position sucks. (laughs) And obviously, you come up to bat more often with not runners in scoring position. So he just sucks most of the time. But, you know, in his home run, runners on second and third. Tim stole second. So now there's runners on second and third. He hits it to Pluto. So... You know, I don't know what's wrong with Mankata. He's one of the most toolsy players I've ever seen. And most of the time he just sucks. But then when he's awesome, it looks pretty. Like his home run tonight looked like he might have not gotten enough. But then did he? Dead center. Yeah. It's it's a really hard hit ball. It went really far. It's obviously hard to hit home runs dead center in any ballpark. But, you know, need more from Yohan. I, I do think it comes eventually. But then again, how long are we going to keep saying that with this guy? <laughs> true, true that. Uh, but good, good pick there. Then uh, Gonzo, what do you got as uh, Tanner Banks enters the game? By the way. Yeah. Before I go on to this, so I just got to say, once again, I'm disgusted. Runners on the corners with no outs, and we got a pop up. Can't get a run across play. the board. Yeah. Can't convert with the runners in scoring position. I don't know how many times I have to say that, and it just eats me alive. But hopefully. Han makes a move here in the next two weeks. Um, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks here. But yeah. um, my dud of the week, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with uh, what Zim went with, with uh, Joe Kelly. Um, I know that he's coming off injury, and he still has to uh, get that arm into shape from missing you know, most of the action that all pitchers have this spring training with being ramped up. But, uh, yeah, when you get the call and you're getting paid the money, you need to come and uh, show up, and uh, even yeah. when you don't have your best, you got to realize early on what you do have and work with it. Um, especially in positions, I think the, the game that got me the most this past week was the tenth inning when he came in and just blew it versus the Twins. Um, That's that exactly what he's here to do. Is that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Because so- you, had, I think in that game, you had Vinny. You had to help me out here, but I think Graveman and Hendricks went right before him yep. to go into the tenth there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a uh, that was rough. That rough on the conscious. Um, but yeah, I, I think what hurts most about this is while I agree not to give the qualifying offer to Rodon, it, you at least use that money effectively and. The, how that money was used this offseason was disgusting. This is a great um, segue, Zim or Gonzo. I, I got to use this because mm-hmm. this is a tweet I saw on Twitter. I'll let you guys react to it. Yep that that's enough said. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have, I would have given Rodon whatever he wanted. 
personally. And yeah, does he die in September? Yes. But would the White Sox have five extra wins if they had Rodon instead of probably whoever the H made starts in April and May before Cueto started getting there? And, you know, uh, everybody in the staff had missed at least a start or two besides Cease. So, you know, I would have been cool with six starters, including Cueto. Uh, oh, Dallas Keuchel. How many starts did he make? They could have DFA'd, him. They could have DFA'd <laughs> yeah. him a month prior if they had Rodon. <sighs> So, so, so props to Sean W. Anderson for the tweet because uh, it's an eye opener, isn't it? It's brutal by it's not, it's it's not even you, just the... you could have left Keuchel in Arizona if you had Rodon on this team. I mean, we knew back then that Keuchel was going to be in for a rough start to the year, and you know he's he's down in uh, uh, somewhere down south he's a, now. He's in know. Arizona. He's in there Arizona now. Literally. He's still in Arizona. He's still in Arizona, exactly. That's, that's that's where they should have left him in the first place. Yeah, somebody put he, up his he got numbers. shelled, didn't he? Yeah, somebody think, put up his numbers. Yes. He had like a 950, 951 ERA. So what's funny? He, he came into that game and for the first like two batters, everybody's like, "Oh my god, is the old Dallas Keuchel back?" And then, and then he just got wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but even yeah, with uh, and with with Anderson's tweet, like I like I still don't care about that tweet just because like Lynn's a valid guy that I want on this roster, you know, in our rotation three to five where he's just eating innings. But yeah, you take Keuchel's contract, you take I think Vinny, you have to help me out here on the numbers, but Vince Velasquez, Josh Harrison, Joe oh. Kelly. That all totals up to the money that we could have given. Harrison's like no money. That was a low contract, but yeah, but the three of them all combined total up there. And what like, about Pollock? Pollock on there too? No, well, he was a trade. Oh, um, Pollock traded Kimbrel's deal. He saved the Kimbrel trade. He's having a better yeah. year than Madrigal. Mm-hmm. But like I, I, like I said, I, I wouldn't give and wrote down the quality offer. But my off season was to bring Robbie Ray here with that deal because I thought that was a good deal that he got and then um, trade for Sean Manaya. So I would have my rotation. I've been a lot happier with that than what happened this off season. Um, well, not saying I'm not going to shit on Rodon, but I just believe that he didn't prove it in his tenure here with his arm. And it's hard to prove that it's really still, it's still an unknown because at this point last yeah. year, he still had the strong arm and it. Like I said, it died mid August. It's yeah, a very valid point because, I mean, yeah, we're not even halfway through the season. Sorry to cut you off there, but yeah. And I know Jason Lindowski is like, hey, like, why don't you give him the offer? Like, he'll have that arm strength for this year. But no, 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 no. If you don't know, if you know anything about arm strength, it takes time to build that, years to build that. It's not just a one, you know, just because he ran dead last year, his shoulder is going to be used to that for this season. It's still an unknown. Yeah. Now, saying that, I praise Rodon for doing his thing because he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it with what he put into this game. Um, he just, you know, that's unfortunate that he couldn't prove that up until this point. But I hope he continues to just to shove it because, you know, he's at that point of his career where he needs to get, you know, whatever money he can get and to prove himself ultimately altogether, just prove it to himself that he was drafted for that reason. And, um, I'm I'm happy for him because not only am I happy for him for proving it now uh, to this point, or, or you know, going from last year, but that's strong first half to this season, carrying that over. But then he sees his teammate and Dylan sees and he shouts him out for getting that snub, and that's what I love to see the 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 team 
camaraderie of the pitching staff right there, the team, former teammates. Definitely, man. Yeah, definitely. Got to love that brotherly love, even on different teams. But uh, real quick, I'll make it quick. I'll get out of here and then we'll move on. But uh, my put it on, or sorry, wrong segment. <laughs> my uh, Adam Dud of the week, if I could find it here, I just had it on the screen. Uh, I've gone back and forth between two guys, but I settled on Andrew Vaughn. I mean, he had a pretty brutal week. I'm sorry, this is over the last two weeks uh, because we didn't do a show last week. But in two weeks, Andrew Vaughn has mustered together eight hits uh, and 45 at-bats. The 9Ks is a little worrisome for me because Vaughn's a, you know, he's been swinging big. And uh, Tony's kind of putting him on the bench, which is rightfully the right move right now because he's ice cold. Another guy, veteran AJ Pollock, a rough, rough couple weeks as well. Uh, seven for 32, 219, only two ribbies, two runs, and a monstrous 12 strikeouts. Um, not a good couple weeks from AJ Pollock. So uh, these guys got to get it together. But on the flip side of things, what about the guys that did well? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in this week's Put It on the Board segment. Yes, that's right. And our buddy Ray alluded to it before, but we will let him make his official pick for his put it on the board player. Ray, who are you going with? I'm going with Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison. And it's and it's really it's not a really about his batting, even though he's had some nice hits over the last couple weeks, but it's his glove. That man's glove has just been immaculate. He made an over the over the shoulder catch in right field that was oh, just yeah. crazy. He had a snag in the air, uh diving that was crazy. He had a, a couple um nice little plays right there where he turned the double play. Um so he's his glove has just really been um uh been just has been it's just been spectacular. And I think that he has shown and proved that he could be an everyday second baseman. Um I don't know exactly what TLR thinks when he goes back and forth between him and Garcia, but he's been serviceable in that nine hole uh, hitting. And he laid down a bunt the other day, which was like, look at that. Yeah. You know, moved the guy over, you know, manufactured a freaking run right there. So, I mean, I think that, you know, Josh Harrison has shown that he could be an everyday guy in this lineup. And after everybody said, you know what, get him out of here dfa him now like i was uh-huh. never on that train so yeah he's he's certainly proven himself that he deserves to be here and that's uh especially at the start he had that takes a thick skin so props to jay hay for that all right vinnie parisi who's your put on the board player of the week um i put a board player on the week I, i'm not gonna steal any from anyone in particular i'll go with Luis robert Luis robert 14 and 50 or 14 for 54, 259 batting average, three home runs, 10 ribbies, uh, 12 runs scored, 14 strikeouts. The 14 strikeouts is that's kind of the world of cheering for a team with Louise Robert on it right now. It kind of reminds me of uh, I hate bringing him up because I hope his career trajectory doesn't turn out the same, but it reminds me of Javier Baez, just very free swinging, can't lay off the junk down and away. And you know, if that's a problem. But all the rest of the numbers 
stay fine. Like he's still hitting for high average. The OPS is up there. I'm not going to complain. Like what's the difference if he strikes out or grounds out? You know, at least he won't hit in a double plays like the White Sox do a thousand times a game. So, you know, I like Luis Robert a lot. I think he's one of the best, most talented players in Major League Baseball. He's still got a long way to go before he gets himself into that conversation of, you know, best player, you know, even on the White Sox, but let alone Major League Baseball, but certainly the most talented. Um, that's all I really got to say about Luis Robert. It, it's hard to say anybody went. I mean, his stats are pretty good. There's one guy in particular on the White Sox that, you know, was outstanding this week, but Luis Robert, he, he hit pretty well. And I do have one critique. Sometimes I think he thinks he's better in the outfield than he is. And he, he, that's saying something because he's outstanding. He has the ability to change a game in the outfield. And sometimes you have to like put in effort though to show that. And sometimes he thinks he's, you know, invincible out there. And I, I believe if Luis Robert put everything into it and put it all together, he'd be one of the best players in the game. But we also heard that report that they told them to dog it sometimes, which is how baseball is today. Cause they're going to pull a hamstring if they don't dog it sometimes it sucks, but it's just the way it is, I guess now. It's, it definitely sucks. Vinny, thank you, sir. Gonzo, what about you, man? Who's your put it on the board player? Let's uh, We're going to move through this segment relatively quickly to get the show moving, but who you got? I got Sebi Savala batting, what, 340 there for the week um, when we need uh, hits coming from the catcher position. Sebi did it. Three, he's a, 387 over the last two weeks, yeah. Yeah, he's really going to make a tough decision here when uh, Grandal comes back here and hopefully in the beginning of August, hopefully. Um, I'm not even sure if that's going to be the case, but it's going to be a tough decision because you got to make, you know, decide his at bat, Reese's defensive ability, um, who you're going to get out of there. Um, and especially with tonight, defensively for Sebi, taking his eye off the ball on a, on a cutoff throw and letting it get by him and scoring a run when you need that out to keep the game close. Um, it's going to be a tough decision on who they're going to roll with here. I like it, man. It is a tough one, no doubt. Sebi, big time stuff. Zim, who you got? I just want to throw my two cents in. I don't think it's going to be a tough decision. I think with the extra roster spot, <clears throat> you just carry three catchers at the end of the season. It's not unusual at this point. Got keep guys' knees fresh, especially with uh, you know, good old Yaz back there who and he'll be DHing potentially. He's getting then. older. He's getting older. Got to keep it in mind. Um, at any rate, uh, my put it on the board play of the week, uh, Dylan Cease, a guy I was really, really close to picking as my pick to click a couple weeks ago. And I decided not to because he only had two starts instead of three starts over a two week stretch. And uh, I think I would have had a better case to win pick to click had I picked him with his uh, two earned runs and 12 strikeouts across two starts. It's not quite as good as that uh, 24 strikeout stretch that he had in two games uh, at the beginning or at the end of June. But I mean, it's, it's still a hell of a stretch. Dylan sees continues to shove for this team and probably the biggest all-star snub in the league. I would say a lot of people want to talk about what's his face, France, the first baseman, but whatever. I never cared for the French anyway. Dylan sees. <sighs> Make some good bread. Sorry, terrible joke. Um, I just I had to bite my tongue for making an even worse joke. So, 
That's probably a good idea. I like the pick. I like the pick, Zim. I'll, I'll keep mine quick. I'm going to go. Now, Jose Abreu was just a monster this week. I think it's an easy pick. Uh, I got to say, hitting 415 over the last two weeks is just bonkers. But how do you hit 415 with only eight RBI? Oh, that's right. The White Sox, no one else is hitting. You're getting on base. So, um, damn. What a wasted what a wasted potential by the rest of the team. Pito, you're just so good, man. You deserve better than this. Uh, hopefully they can get you better. Um, honorable mention to Jose Ruiz, who's been fantastic over the last two weeks. I mean, I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but seven strikeouts, one walk, zero earned runs. Jose, nice week. Good week for both Jose's, actually, now that I think about it. But we're going to keep on chugging along. We're going to preview the week that's coming up with these White Sox in a segment that I'm stalling to find the video for that we like to call White Sox Weekly. That's right. We're going to preview the week that's coming up. And our buddy Gonzo usually heads things off here. Of course, we've got the Guardians and then we got the Minnesota Twins. But Gonzo, I'll let you get into the details here. Um, I'm going to pull it up on the screen to let you talk through it. But uh, Mm -hmm. what are you looking at this week, bud? Yes. So White Sox Weekly here. We got it. We have a four game road trip out in Cleveland. Start from Monday through Wednesday, four games in three days. Um, as you saw tonight, was uh, Lance Lynn versus uh, Kale Quandrill. Um, as you can see how that one went, we were kind of hoping for a better start out of Lance Lynn. But it is what it is. And uh, starting tomorrow for the doubleheader, you're going to have Doug, uh, Davis Martin. I wanted to say Doug Martin for some reason, but Davis Martin versus um, Shane Bieber. Oh, man. Oh man. <laughs> um I thought it was gonna be Cease though in this in the first game and then Davis in the second game. They just um, announced this before the game a yeah. little bit did this did afternoon. They? Yeah. They've so they've swapped them, yes. Wow. Interesting. It's a little bit of a lopsided matchup, but Davis Martin, you know, maybe maybe you got some fire in you. I don't know. I guess Tony doesn't want to waste a star out of Cease. Better use him for game two on whoever they're gonna decide to Fire that back in. And I think that's a smart play. Like Cease hasn't been getting run support lately, especially against a guy like Bieber, who you know can shut you down because he's done it multiple times this year already. I think it's a good move to swap him. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain too much because I was starting to think that as you were talking there, but you got a valid point there, Zim. Um, You got to grab a game and hopefully you can grab both um i would love to see that matchup of cease and bieber but i'm sure we'll see it later in the year as well um game well this is going to be game three or game sorry four um the last game of the series is going to be lucas giolito versus aaron saval saval has been really hit or miss versus us i mean he started off really well over the past couple of years and he had a couple of rough starts but uh yeah as you highlight there joe, joe um Lately hasn't been looking good, but don't discredit a uh, decent right-hander versus our lineups as of this season. Um, hopefully Lucas Giolito continues to bounce back and uh, 
have a good matchup versus uh, the Guardians on the road here. Um, I would love to see these guys pull three or four, but I'm feeling it's going to be a lot much of a you know a, a split here in Cleveland, and um, it really hurts to say that because I believe Cleveland has six games um, behind us, or they have six games less played, so they have games to make up. So you really want to start winning some games against them to uh, better your odds later in the season down this uh, division stretch here. Um, but yeah, let's see what they can do the remaining three games as it looks like tonight's going to be close one year at the finish line here. I'm down four going into the ninth likely. Um, your second series of the road trip is going to be versus the Twinkies out in Target Field. And you have a another four-game stretch here Thursday through Sunday. Um, game one on Thursday is going to be Cueto going up against possibly Sonny Gray, if I have, would have to guess there, at the matchups lined up. Um, Cueto's been on fire. A lot of quality starts lately out of the guy that's fifth in our rotation. Couldn't ask for anything better, and for half the price of, let's say, Rodon, he's just money right now. And um, that's the guy that we need down the stretch, eating up innings, quality starts. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful from Cueto. Hopefully he continues in, because I know that last start, we didn't give him any run support at home versus the Twinkies, hopefully. Talk about a guy Mm -hmm. that's an unsung hero for Mm -hmm. the the put-it-on-the-board player. I can't believe I didn't even nominate him. But Johnny Cueto, props to you. Yeah, he deserves a lot better. Game two, Moist Michaels on the mound versus Smeltzer. Smeltzer's a guy that uh, has bounced back and they're as they're one of their developer guys. Um, and once again, uh, Kopech, another guy that deserves better um, from the offense, backing him up because he only gave up. I think Vinny pointed out in her uh, Put On Your Socks video, he only gave up two runs in that first inning last start. And we couldn't, you know, he, we couldn't even muster him. A, uh, he had to go non-decision there um, when he should have get a dub. Um, a lot of to, yeah, too much of that lately. Game three, Lance Lynn, Lynn Sanity, hopefully he bounces back here. Um, his second start on Definitely of this week. Lynn Sane versus Dylan Bundy, a guy that, gosh, I don't know why. He shut us for, down the other day, man. I don't know why these uh, these pit, these average right-handed pitchers are making us look silly this season, but this is another guy that looks completely different after his surgeries. He's got average stuff, but he, he's figuring it out with location against our hitters, apparently. Um, last series or last game is going to be of this road trip on Sunday is going to be Dylan C's his second start of the week versus uh, possibly Winder. Um, I like how things are shaping up here on the road in Minnesota. Really hoping for two out of three from this uh, road trip with them. And altogether, you really want to take five out of three on this eight-game stretch here. Get get to five hundred. I, I would say at the very least we can at least win five games on this road trip. Otherwise, yes. I... um, I do. Sorry, cut you off there, Joe. I forgot to. I wanted to talk hitters at the very least here. Obviously. Um, you saw it on the uh, broadcast there that they were showing all stars uh, for the Guardians, but Jose Ramirez he didn't really hurt us today, but uh, yeah, Not yet. He, he went over <laughs> four. He went over four, but uh, three more games here of this series, and that's a guy you don't want to get heated up. He's been on a cold stretch lately. Definitely don't want him to get heated up for us. Well, that's one um, thing I hope Tony learned this year is do not yeah. pitch to 
Jose Ramirez. Please yeah. put him on the bases. There's a couple guys I had a lot of pitch to him, but when I wouldn't even risk it right now when we need to win games with, depending on the game situation, of course. But uh, yeah, let's not get him going. Um, and then going into uh, Minnesota, Byron Buxton, another name. Um, you want to be careful killer. with. Yeah, he's only batting 215, but he's got 23 bombs and 42 ribbies. He's a guy that uh, he's got one hell of a glove out there in center. Runs him down, obviously, with that triple play he made versus us that I don't want to talk about ever again a week ago. Huh. But uh, yeah, between his at bat and his ability to get to the ball and the gaps, um, yeah, be careful with him. Um, that's all I got to say with uh, the week here coming up against us. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, brother. And part of this segment, Ray, at the tail end, we do our picks to click for the week ahead. Um, I actually finally won one last week, pick pick and Jose Abreu two weeks ago before our, vacation, our little you, Fourth of you July. Won, you won on a technicality, all right? You can yeah. just... By a, by 150 batting average points. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but Ray, I'll let you go first as a guest. We'll let you pick someone for the week ahead. If you had to pick for someone for this week to, to kind of turn it around, get things going, be the straw that stirs the drink, if you will, who are you going with? So, so um, you know, we, I run the um, run a little space on Twitter, right? So yeah, yeah. So as uh, you know, I hope we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but well. anyway, um, as we were watching the game today, everybody was uh, shitting on Yoan. And I was just like, hey, guys, hold on. Wait a minute. Think about the last couple of weeks about Yoan Makata. He's been uh, he's been hitting pretty good in tough spots. He's had a couple nice little hard hit balls into spots and he scored a few runs. Next thing you know, three run shot. So. I'm going to stay with Yoan. I'm going to stay with Yoan Mankata. I'm going to stay with him to uh, stay stay heating up. And 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 I don't know if this is uh, reverse, reverse uh, psychology, but I want him to shut everybody up and become that same guy that everybody was fucking up in arms about after 2019 because he, I think he still has it. He just has to find that love for baseball and the love for what he does and, and look in the mirror and say, yeah, I am a top fucking five third baseman in baseball dude man i, I like it I, I i'm feeling the positive energy can i just say thank you for taking you all Moncada for us it's not that he's a bad player it's just that so far this season we're all constantly just tempted to take him like come on he's he's close he's he's gonna turn it around we got it and like every freaking week it's like somebody's just a little better than him or you know it, or he's just terrible. You know, sometimes you have those weeks as a hitter. You just kind of have to deal with it. But it's like, even when he's good, somebody else is just ah, right there. So thank you. Thank you for taking hey, him no off. No problem. Play. Yeah, I, I'm glad I was able to break the ice, man. I need to help you guys <laughs> break the ice a little bit with Yo Armagata because he is a talented dude. Like, he, if you look at him, he's just like baseball. Like, you, that's all you see is baseball. Like, so I mean, and that swing, my God, that swing is it is it is money, man. Uh, when it's going, it's going. That home run he hit earlier was beautiful. Oh, I'm going back and forth with who I want to go with on my pick to click. Um, 
I'm not. I'm definitely not picking Lance Lynn because he's got two starts this week. Well, um, anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and forget that. But I am gonna go with. Oh man, I hate. I'm gonna go with Luis Robert. Um, Lou Bob turning things around, even though you know the last couple of weeks his average was lower. He's still hitting the RBIs. He's still getting it done, scoring runs. So I'm gonna go with Lou Bob. Um, next in order would be Zim who finished just in second behind me this week. And the game's over. We lost by the way. Yep. What else is new? Sky is blue. Grass is green. And the white Sox lost a divisional game. Uh, I I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and go with Dylan cease. He seems to be about the only guy on this team with any fire under him lately. So um, let's let's see him take that all star snub and uh, shove it right up the divisions. You know where, uh, you know. Let's he's he's in third in the MLB in strikeouts and not by much. Let's see if he can regain number one and just uh, just do what he does. What what do you want to bet that he ends up on the all star team as like a as like some kind of alternate or something like as that? an alternate? Yeah. I would be willing to bet any money that it'll come out in the next. Four to five days, but yeah, I, I hope it's after his next start so that he's got a little, you know, a little juice in the tank. For sure, him, you know. Um, All right, well, I, I, love, I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's that kind of guy. Honestly, he seems so like mellow, even when he's on fire. You know. Yeah, no, I like the pick. He's, he's always just so calm and collected. Like, sure, he shows the emotion from time to time, but generally speaking, I just. I kind of I kind of like that about him. I like that cool headedness, that level headedness. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna go with our the next guy in line here. That the guy I picked, the guy that went first, Moncada last time. That's Vinny Parisi. Vinny, who are you gonna go with here with your pick? And I'm giving Zim. I'm giving Gonzo last just because Ta had a brutal not the last week, but the week before that was absolutely brutal, which is why I've got Zim going or Gonzo going last. Yeah, uh, I was going to take Cease, so not, very nice pick, Zim. Uh, I was going to take him, probably kind of mad about the All-Star break. I would be if I had those numbers. Um, he does have that start on Sunday, so he probably wouldn't pitch in the All-Star game anyway. But that that kind of part of me thinks that that's a reason I, that he's not going to go as an re- injury replacement. But who knows? Maybe out of respect, I'll send him. I hope they do. Maybe he'll toss an inning. But... Um, I'm gonna go with. I never take Jose Abreu. I don't think I ever. I don't think I have this season. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna try that train this week. I'm gonna take Jose Abreu. He has been really good lately. Yes, um, he has. That, that one game though. That I can't remember exactly if it was the game against. I think it had to be playing Detroit, and he came up to bat with a chance to get the game tied late, and he put up one of the most non-competitive at-bats I've ever seen him put up. It was almost looked like he struck out on purpose just so the so game. We were there. Over. Yes, yes, that is the one. That is the one. We were there. Yeah, we were at the game on Thursday night. Yeah, it was Thursday night against Detroit, and that's why I was struggling to picture watching it on TV because and, and AJ Hinch pitched to him. Yeah. Yeah, AJ Hinch is a clown too lately. But um yeah, I'm taking Jose Abreu. That's my guy. Hopefully Pito puts together another strong week. I love it. Just to do the breakdown recap here. Ray went with Mancata. I'm going with Lou Bob. 
Zim going with Dylan Cease, Finney with Pito, and we didn't get Gonzo's pick yet, but I'm going to go ahead and assume he's taking Tim Anderson, but I'm probably wrong. No, you're wrong. Ah, who are you taking? I'm going to go with Tony LaRusso. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Good luck. I would. You would automatically oh. lose. Hey, I would definitely argue my points, and I would have I definitely had a good win on Sunday <laughs> if this was this week. But um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I was really hoping that uh, Zim would not go with my boy Dylan Cease because um, that's definitely who I was rolling with here going into this show because I thought no one else would have really thought about pitching for I'm one stu- week. I'm stunned you're taking Joe Kelly, Gonzo. That's, that's yeah. I can't even do that. Going last is going to be rough here, but I have a feeling my boy Eloy is going to have himself a week, and I'm going to pick Eloy Jimenez. I know tonight he had three at-bats and two strikeouts and a walk. A rough but, start uh, tonight. But uh, overall this week he's had some pretty solid contact and uh, had, a, I think, one or two. No, one home run, right? The uh, last one week coming run. off. One home one, run. That was his was... first game back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he took that uh off speed. I think it was a curveball. He flew out to the left field there. But uh I got a feeling he's gonna go into roll here. I love it, boys. And now we get to go to our debate section of the show. It's a hot topic conversation in a segment we like to call the guaranteed take. Yeah, guaranteed take for the week, guys. I, I wrote this up, and I feel like it could be a big conversation that could go on for a minute. But the guaranteed take, somehow this team is still in contention within this division. Now, true or false, this team should be buyers at the deadline. Bonus question, who should we target? Uh, I, Ray, I'll give you a minute to stew on this one. I know Gonzo is very opinionated on this, so I'll let him go first. Gonzo, yeah. should we be buyers? Um, absolutely. Um, especially with how things are going here, I don't think uh, you're gonna get Tony to manage this team and not be sellers. Um, at the same point, I think Han needs to prove himself here with his tenure of his ten years here. I think he needs to prove himself at the deadline because he didn't prove himself in the off season. So the two guys that uh, I would go after right now. Um, San Francisco is 10 or 12 and a half back. I would give him a call and see what it will take to get Logan Webb off of their hands. And then I would also call Cincinnati and go get Drury for my offensive bet. And uh, that's what I would roll with at the deadline here. Love it, Gonzo. Ray, are, should the White Sox be buyers? Um, I think we should add a uh, another – I think we should add another strong arm um, just because bullpen or starter. I'm, I'm thinking starter esque, okay. starter esque type, you know, what I mean? like a crochet they, kind of guy. Yeah, they can, they can, they can spot, you know, but I honestly, you know what though? Take that back. I, I don't want that. Take that back. I think we should be uh, at least in the Brandon Drury discussion. Um, I, I, I've, I've started looking at him a lot more lately. And I like what I see. 
So if we're going to go try to get a little bit of pop at second base, I'll be cool with that with uh, Brandon Drury. But the only reason I took back the the arm is because I tweeted out probably two weeks ago um, that Ray, Ronaldo Lopez is probably going to be the most important piece. Going He's been forward. so good. Yeah. So I tweeted that out like two or three weeks ago. Like in my eyes, he is the most important piece coming out of the, for the White Sox. That that um, that role that Kopech had last year out the bullpen, that's Raylo this year. So yeah, you know I it think is, Raylo, you're right. Yeah, I think Raylo can can do the job if they if they allow him to. And and you know every time he's come out, he's touched a hundred. Just put that out there. He's 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 looked great and he's getting healthy. Well, he is healthy. Clearly, he's pitching well. So I I, I love that outlook there, Ray. Uh, Vinny Parisi, should this White Sox team be buyers, and who should we acquire if if we need to be? As of right now, I would say yes because they are still competitive in the division. But if two weeks go by and they can't beat the Guardians or the Twins, I will change my tune really quick. I'll sell Abreu, I'll sell Pollock, I'll sell literally anybody who is expired at the end of this year. So, you know, my my toot on that could change really quick. I was given an official list of teams that are already declared sellers in their own mind. This is from a source. The Reds, Cubs, Orioles, Royals, A's, Nationals, Pirates, Diamondbacks, and Rockies are all sellers within their organizational philosophies at this I point. I can see that. The, the word I was given, Quintana, is available for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know that's an intriguing name in White Sox land, but you look at his stats, he's had an outstanding season. I worry about that becoming Kimbrel 2.0. Really yep. good on a low pressure situation, you know. Games at Wrigley Field, it's nice out. Quintana's feeling good. All of a sudden, he's on a contender. Boom, stinks. Um, Bednar is a maybe, and I only have word on Pirates players. I don't have anything on the, any of the other teams. I need other than the fact that they are sellers. But then Bednar is available. They are not going to part ways with Reynolds at any point. Anything you hear about Reynolds on the trade block from the Pittsburgh Pirates is fake news. So any t- any guy from those teams specifically, I'm sure we got some people that watch the Cubs from time to time just because they're on national TV. Ian Happ would look good, better in right field than Gavin Sheets. Um, I'm tr- Kyle Hendricks would be an okay like sixth starter, but then again, they have Cueto, so I, if everyone's healthy, I probably would stay away from that. Um, they're not going to trade Keegan Thompson. If that guy was available, I'd rather have him than like even win at this point. But um, – you know, they have no purpose for a guy like Wilson Contreras. The Reds have a bunch of players that you could easily try and pry away from them. I would imagine that basically everyone on that team, except for Jonathan India, is available. I'm not sure yeah. they part ways with Joey Votto, but the Orioles, the, they, they were on this list. But I'm thinking at this point, you know, this list was sent to me about a week ago. Why would the Orioles not back off of that and try to just like have a strong season stamp? Yeah, they could be buyers now. They yeah, could. get some good feelings. Kind of be last year Seattle. If you miss the playoffs, make it be like a by a game and a half, and then in the off season you go, you know, do exactly what we wanted Rick Hahn and the White Sox to do this off season. Just start buying. So yes, as so it's a long winded answer of saying I would be a buyer right now, but like I said, my my tood can change on that literally with by the weekend yeah i'm in the same boat as you Vinny. i think right now because the division sucks balls i think we uh <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> aside from the twins who who are not real in my opinion um 
we'll see that here very soon once they start to play some good teams. And I don't know if we're considered a good team or not. Probably not right now. But uh, I think right now we're still in the still in the thick of it. So a good couple of trades to put us to the moon. Second baseman, I think that's a, a must. At least an offensive second baseman, if you could do that. I'd love to see a bullpen arm. I don't think we need to get a starter. I really don't. I think you get a, a, a really good lefty out of the pen. I'd love to see that and just kind of go from there. So that's what I feel. Sim, we'll, 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 we'll let you finish things off with a guaranteed take here. Sellers or buyers? Yeah, I'm not going to be as positive as you guys. This team is neither right now. They are absolutely not buyers in their current situation. Um, And as Vinny said, they could be sellers as soon as this weekend. As far as I'm concerned, they could be sellers as soon as Wednesday. If we get swept all weekend, we don't win a game, yeah. Yeah, if if they don't take both games or at least one game of the doubleheader tomorrow, they're sellers. This team is dead in the water as it stands right now. They can't beat their own division. They're one and five against Cleveland. They are 13 and 16 against the division. This is a terrible division. You all just said it yourself. And this team can't even beat them right now. What is the point of leveraging the future of leveraging next season and the year after for a season in which this team can barely maintain 500? I mean, it's it's not even it's not even that they're sitting around 500. Like they're struggling to get to 500, and that's fully healthy. They're still getting beat by Cleveland. Well, Zim, you make a good point. I think that's kind of part of the reason you're seeing so many of these clubhouse things come out now. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna find that the guys that end up being the problem in the clubhouse are gonna get moved. And I think that and, maybe can change the chemistry of what's going on right. here. I think that's a great plan. I think that this team, I said it two weeks ago, and nothing that happened over the last two weeks has made me change my mind at all about it. They need to be figuring how to retool for next year. This team is not going to be competitive this year. What What do you get? Honestly, as a White Sox fan, what satisfaction do you get if this team busts their, busts their balls, gets gets their way back into a divisional race ends up barely making the playoffs and then loses in the first round again for the third straight year. What is the point of that? Who cares? The objective is not to make the playoffs. The objective is to win a championship. All right. Making the playoffs is not good enough. And this team right now is barely a playoff team. And it really sucks because we were sold a product and we did not get that product. I will say at you this know, moment right now, we are definitely not a playoff team by what I'm seeing. It's right. going to take a lot of clubhouse stuff. It's going to take a lot of leadership stuff. And it's going and, to take some Rick Hahn. And why are we trying to do that midseason? It's not to say that this team can't do it. It's not to say they can't recover and they can't become a decent playoff team. And, and, and certainly, I hope I'm eating my words at the end of the year. I want to be very clear on that. I am still a White Sox fan through and through, and I very much hope that this team figures out a way to turn it around and be the team that we know how they that, – that, and be the team that we know they should be, that we were sold at the beginning of this year, that we saw fight through the end of last year, that we saw Rick Renteria take to the playoffs, and we were told Ricky's not the guy. We're going to go get the guy. And they went and got Tony La Russa, and Tony La Russa fired up this team and really took them somewhere last year. And now this year, what is happening? There's a reason people are blaming Tony, and it might not be Tony's fault. But when he's what you're told is the final piece, yeah, he's going to get the blame. 
So at this point, anybody not named Luis Robert, not named Tim Anderson, not named Dylan Cease, and not named Michael Kopech. Those are the four guys that I don't touch. Outside of that, do whatever you want to try to make this team better for next year. I will say one thing about their minor league system. And listen, I Rick Hahn got the rug swept out from under him when Jerry Reinsdorf went beneath him and hired Tony LaRusa. I'd be fine with Tony LaRusa being hired if it was the GM's decision. Like that that is just yeah. bad. That's a bad way to run your your business, your organization. Jerry Reinsdorf at the end of the day for me gets most of the blame because he wasn't Rick Hahn's hire. It wasn't part of his vision with this roster. With that said, I will be done with him if he trades Colson Montgomery for anything. Unless that that guy who they trade Colson Montgomery for better come here and slash 400, 400, and 500 and have a 900 OPS or higher because this guy's he's going to be named a top 100 prospect. You add Colas to that, and you add Cespedes to that, and that's going to be a better feel about the minor league system going into 2023 than it has been this year. As long as they keep those three guys, I, I, I just can't fathom trading one of those guys to like Zim said, barely make the playoffs. Vinny, I actually have a little news for you. Colson Montgomery as of last week is number 99 on the top 100 prospects list. There you go. There <laughs> this you little go. hitting streak he's got put together down at, what is he at high a right now? Really paying yeah. off for him. And just want to point out that Vinny interviewed him last year. If, he did. Yeah, if, it was all over it. If uh, if what's his name comes off, like Adley Rushman and Riley Green, all these guys are going to start coming off. There's a chance he's a top fifty prospect after this season, especially if he you know climbs up the minor leagues status a little bit and comes into next year. I I'm not saying I'm done with the year. Two of the last three World Series champions were in this dog crap position at this point, like the Nationals and the Braves. But the Braves went out and rebuilt their whole outfield after Ronald Acuna Jr. went hurt. They brought in Solaire. Um, now I'm drawing a blank on what's his name, the the outfielder. They, you know, they, they rebuilt it all. In uh, Jock Peterson, they brought him in. He was awesome in the playoffs. So, yeah. like, are the White Sox going to do that as smart as the Braves did? I'm not as confident. Yeah, no, I'm not confident in it either. I don't know if any of us are at this point. Ray, go ahead. Can I, can I ask a question for, to Benny though, yeah. real quick? Hey, yeah. Benny, do it. Yeah. Is, is, is Vera on your list? To, to Is he untouchable? Um, I wouldn't trade him personally. You're talking okay. about Norhe Vera. Um, yeah, Vera, yeah. Vera. Sorry he's, for uh, his name. He's, uh, he's an interesting one. It's always interesting with pitchers. Right. Because pitchers have a finite number of pitches in their arm. Like if you could trade a guy like that for somebody who's MLB ready, that's a little bit different of a story. But I probably wouldn't for sure. You like it's similar to Montgomery. Like you better bring it over a guy. No trading Vera for like Caesar Hernandez. No, or, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if Vera brings you Brandon Drury, are you making that deal? I would consider it. I would consider it. I don't yes. know if you would. I don't know if you would. I would. But absolutely. I'm not. I'm not trading any of the other three for something to, that might help them this season. Uh, if it would help them this season, it's like obvious. Like. Let's say who's crazy that could become available. I don't know. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Oh, exactly. It, it, I would exactly. trade everyone right now. Yeah. If Jazz Chisholm Jr. was on the block, Jeff Passon tweets it. If I'm Rick Hahn, I'm offering him Eloy and freaking Colson Montgomery for Jazz Chisholm Jr. 
You give him a player for now and a player for later. That's exactly, right. Exactly. And I love Eloy. I think he can have 50 bombs in this league. He just can't stay healthy. And, you know, in Miami, things will be a little they, – they probably have a better everything in terms of training. He, over could, there, he could hit 60 home runs down there. Yeah, exactly. Literally, Giancarlo Stanton did. You so, trade Vieira because the thing that this organization does well is develop pitchers. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good tra- point. Too. You trade them, and you have a whole bunch of pitchers in our – organization one developmental system there one one, um, one guy i don't want to trade is oscar colas I'd, I'd like to keep him in the system i i think he's got a lot of potential i mean I, even oscar i would trade i mean ray you're, you're on mute yeah i'm sorry i was told by someone that uh we have one of the worst if not the worst farm systems how y'all feel about that they do we we've talked about it a lot this season they they've been rated very low but I mean, you always take it with a grain of salt because you're basing all these guys off of potential, right? I mean, if okay. if the White Sox knew what they had in Fernando Tatis Jr., the James Shields trade never would have happened. I mean, it's, that's something that White Sox fans will talk about until their dying breath because it was such a one-sided move. That sure. seems like such a no-brainer. How do you do that? Well, because if they knew what they had, Fernando Tatis Jr. would have been the number one prospect in all of baseball at 17 years old, and there would have been no question about that trade. So, yeah, like I think I think it's I think it takes a I don't mean to cut you off if I did, but I think that um, it takes into account that the the farm system was built two years ago, three years ago, right? And the guys that we're talking about. We don't want to get rid of them. Well, those guys are in the majors right now playing for the Chicago White Sox. So so it's like there's a turnover, and it takes time to rebuild the, the farm. But at the end of the day, I'm not one of those guys that's like, hey, let me let me take one of my one of my better guys and trade him away for prospects. You know what I mean? I'm just not that guy. Um, mm-hmm. take, take somebody that that has been known to be a, a contributor on the White Sox and say, I'm going to trade him away for some possibilities. I'm not that guy. So, I mean, well, if we got to make a trade and take away our, our, our one of a good player for a possibility, yeah, I'm, I'm good on possibles. And that's it. When I say make the move for the future, I'm not necessarily talking about stocking up for prospects. I'm not necessarily talking about trading for a bunch of AAA, AA guys. I'm talking about find a guy like Jazz Chisholm Jr. Find a guy like that who's available that might make a hole in your roster to go get him. But you can afford to make that hole right now because you know you're not a World Series team. Then you go fill the hole in the offseason, right? You go develop a player or something like that. It's it's more so about not being worried about the fact that you just made the hole in your roster to go get huh. a, a player than <sighs> – I'm trying to think. Okay, think about last year when the Yankees went out and signed all those dudes at the trade deadline. Sure, a good chunk of that was playing for right then and there. But like the Anthony Rizzo move, they knew that they were going to have to fight to keep him. But they wouldn't have made the trade if they weren't willing to do it. And now look at how that's resulted for them. I mean, he's he's the captain of the Bronx again, just like he's the captain in Chicago. And it's that kind of move where like it's aggressive and yeah, you made a hole in your roster, but your team gets better overnight and in the long term. And it feels like what a lot of White Sox fans want to do is just get better for this year. That's why I say make, make the moves, make a hole, who cares? 
let's let's look at winning the championship and what it takes to get there and not just getting through the rest of the season with a fan approval rating. Yeah, where I'm at, I was going to say, where I'm at is just full buyout mode because even a sellout, you're not guaranteed anything. So put your best foot forward. And I don't care where we're at right now. What matters is how you're playing come September. And if you're lucky to get to the postseason, those teams that Mm. are hot get carried over. We looked well, I think it's Rick time. We looked amazing on paper last year, and we got beat by a team that was just hot and better than us in Houston. It's Rick Hahn's time to see if he's, you know, piloting the Titanic or if he's piloting an airliner. So, you know, I think it's Rick. Ta- it's his time to shine. Rick Hahn, you got to do your thing, man. If if you can't get it done, you can't get you. you for me, you're 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 on a countdown. If you can't get things figured out, it's all going to self destruct. Just to add to that, besides his GM moves, Vinny said with the whole coaching situation, he did choose Ricky Renteria to lead this from the beginning and failed on that. So, and ultimately that decision amounts to the struggles. Like I I can go back to Ricky having that six-game lead at the end of September, the last week of the season, he blows it versus Cleveland and the Cubs. And then going into where could Dylan Cease be if he actually got that start in game three for his for, in Oakland, his first playoff experience being that year, not last year. I mean, it's just trajectory things that just leads to this championship window just kind of getting limited here and just yeah, brutal. Just slowing brutal it down and speeding it's, it up. It's 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 ineptitude on the ha- on behalf of ownership. This the same thing that we've seen all over the city of Chicago. It's the same thing that tore apart the Bulls dynasty. It's the same reason that the double doink was the end of what should have been a very good run for the uh, Bears. It's me. the same reason that the Cubs only won one World Series when that team should have been a borderline dynasty for the next five to ten years, and now they're all on different teams. It's the same reason that the Blackhawks, after winning three Stanley Cups, decide to give massive contracts that take up most of their salary cap and can no longer compete because of it. You know, ineptitude on behalf of ownership is what's caused the downfall of all major sports teams in Chicago. And here's Jerry Reinsdorf doing all over again what we've seen time and time again. And it's just so frustrating to see these 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 people that are so out of touch with what a, what a sports fan wants. You know, I get that Reinsdorf sees himself as a fan, but go sit in Section 155. Go sit with the 108ers for a game. Tell me how you feel about it, man. Because those guys, are they don't care who you are. They're going to tell you exactly how they feel about the product on the field. And you're going to get a good feel for the pulse of this team. And it's just it's, it's just ignorance on the highest level that I, I don't understand how they're so out of touch with the fan base. And I believe... Because Chicago is such a loud fan base that's not willing or or that is willing rather to tell you exactly what they think short of philadelphia fans i don't know a more outspoken fan base than chicago go ahead Vinny. sorry there's a major difference for me between tony la russa and rick Hahn and uh or not rick Hahn. ricky renteria rick renteria went 73 and 89 with the chicago cubs in 2014 they canned him and they went to the nlcs and World Series, and then NLCS again with Joe Madden. They had Ricky Renteria hired to be a developmental coach. It worked. 
They hired the guy, the X's and O's guy, when it was time to win the World Series. The White Sox, in a lot of ways, modeled their entire rebuild after the rebuild that Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer did in Boston and Chicago. And guess what? They used the same developmental coach for the early stages of the rebuild. 2017, Rick Renneria, 67 and 95, 2018, 62 and 100. Those were the first two years of the rebuild. Then in 2019, he had a very similar win percentage to his last year with the Cubs, 72 and 89. We all remember that 2019 White Sox team. They were pretty good when Giolito, not Gio, yeah, when Giolito made starts and when Reynaldo Lopez, no, Reynaldo Lopez was bad that year. But there were a couple starters that had good years that year. Dylan Cease came up, had an okay start to his career. But then in 2020, they went 35 and 25. Some bad decisions were made in the playoffs. It's like, okay, the roster is good enough now. Let's go get that World Series type manager. And they hired Tony Larusa. Wait, isn't yeah. it isn't it roughly the same thing that the Bears did after 2018? We have this one problem. Let's go fix this one problem and not touch the rest of our roster. You know, the White Sox did the same thing. Going, we need we got this one problem. We're gonna go get this one manager that's gonna fix everything and still not fill the hole in left field and still not have a second baseman. Oh, by the way, our first baseman is ancient, but we're still gonna lean on lean on him every single day to be the well, guy. I just want to. I just want to point out. We're talking about Pito and you know Pito doing his thing. And props to Pito. But I, I, I did just refer to a 32 year old first baseman as ancient. By the way, you said, I do you want said to be ancient. That. Steve, yeah, that's that's ancient. what I was. That's what I was going to say. Is I don't think Pito's ancient by any means. I also want to point out to briefly change the subject. We talked about how the Baltimore Orioles are. Vinny said they were on a list of sellers. Um, obviously that might change, but they have a better winning percentage than the Chicago White Sox. I just want to put that out there. They have a better run differential as well. They're a better team. They're right a better now. team. They, they showed it last week. They have, they're getting outstanding production from their new catcher. Um, the pitching has been awesome and they're about to come play three against the Chicago Cubs or is it two? I'm going tomorrow. I'm going to check out the O's in person. So yeah. Yeah, and I, I've actually seen the O's twice against the White Sox. Now I'm going to see him against the Cubs. I'm the Orioles guy, I guess, this season. You make All sure right. you spray yourself with Lysol before you come back to the rate, buddy. You don't think yeah. I'm taking 10 showers, pal. All I got to say <laughs> is when it comes to Jerry Reinsdorf, he did the right thing by changing management for the Bulls, bringing an AK and an Eversley, and that's looking pretty solid right now. He needs to do the same thing on this the other time, side. Yeah. He needs to do the other side of things on this side of town. What's, what's the Getting biggest difference? The, though, money, right? the money is the biggest difference. There you go. The NBA But even still. Zach Levine, $250 million. Yeah, They've never given out a $100 million but, contract. But, but they got a proven – sorry, they got a proven GM. And how AK. much pushing well, yeah. and shoving and bitching and him, shouting did it take from the fan base before he finally got rid of gar packs? He kept gar packs mm -hmm. seven, eight years too long. Yeah. 10 years I mean, too long. Jesus. But there yeah. should be no excuses with Rick Hahn right now. 10 years in two playoff, you know, two playoffs out of it the last two years. Again, so, as as much as it is on Rick Hahn for building the roster, because Rick Hahn did build this roster. He's, his fingerprints are all over it. He didn't get to pick his manager. And until he gets a fair shake with his own manager, as no matter how good you think Tony La Russa is, he's not his guy. 
It's the same but reason that Ryan back, Pace got another shot after John Fox was taken. Going right? back, I know it's though, a different sport, but Renteria, he got his chance if to he pick proved his guy himself in year three, if he proved himself in year three, he would have still be the manager. He didn't he blew a six game lead at the end of the season for the division with his bullpen management. Yeah, he absolutely did. So you can't and, say no one can say that that Han never had his guy. That's wrong. He did. Granted, it was two years prior to the start of the rebuild, but that's part of the process for a rebuild. And he gave him the jet the reins to go through with it. Right. He blew well, it and he blew Ricky it in year was the three. guy for the rebuild. He was Ricky was the guy for the fired. rebuild. He was he not was, the guy for the for the chip. Right. I don't care fired. where you're at in the process of that. You knew you were gonna fire him. I mean, because he blew it Ricky up. Was, no, we knew Ricky no. was out before the end of that season. He we was nominated for manager of the year after he was fired. Right. Everybody knew. I mean, there were there were talks at the All-Star break that year of whether Rick Renteria was going to be back the next year. And the Sox were running away with the division at that point. Yeah. I mean, um, I so if they got past, if they got past the first round. You don't think he's coming back. I really don't, honestly. I think I think his his letter was signed in blood. I thought it was signed when he blew that division. But besides that, if he took them past the first round, I think it's he could have gone further with that team. I do think it's a totally different story if he makes it past the first round. I will give you that. I, I, I just do want to think, point out how great of a debate this has been during guaranteed take. It's probably the best debate we've had in a while. So good job. We had guys. a lot more time than we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> I will but point that out. Even to go with that, like in this off season, I don't think any of us was were we satisfied with how the off season went. No. When you're in a contention, when you're in a championship window, and you need some final pieces here to go through yeah. with it. Ray, look what the Dodgers you, did. Look at the Dodgers the off season. Wait, you asking me? Was I satisfied with the off season? Yeah, I was. Um, because of last year, I I wasn't expecting too much coming into this year i wasn't expecting them to make any splash plays or anything i was expecting a right fielder which we got we got aj pollock right um but the thing about it is um i think a lot of this debate is we forget like you could probably go back and count on on both hands how many times we play a game fully healthy yeah i mean that makes a big difference i don't give a damn um, AJ Pollock is not Eloy Jimenez, you know. No, um, he's definitely uh, not. <laughs> exactly, he's not. He's not going to give you the same production in left field. You got you got Gavin Sheets out there. You've had you've had Andrew Vaughn in right field running like it looks like he has like a trailer hooked up to his ass, and he's running to try to catch a foul ball. So, so you know, it's it's and he's like anybody else out there would catch that fucking ball, but not Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> So you've had that multiple times uh, yeah. this year. And so we haven't had an opportunity to see Pollock, except for recently, like the last three games, right? Pollock, Robert, uh, uh, and then Loyal in outfield, right? With Yoan being healthy, right, and productive, T.A., Josh Harrison, Oleori, and Pito, and then whoever the hell is catching, because I don't even expect when he comes back um, – Jazz to be catching like that. I really don't. I think he's going to be DHing. No. Yeah, I do. Too. Yeah, I think For he's sure. going to be DHing. First base on Sundays, probably. And, and and just because the you know, I just want y'all to know something. I, I I'm I'm loving this um uh being on with you guys. I just got to say, Steve has the best name because it fits him. 
the raging Sox fan, that is his shit. He's a rager, right? So I'm with that. And so then, so then he said something about carrying three catchers. Really? Yeah. Carry really? three catchers. Carry three catchers. So who are you going to send away? You got to send away an infielder now. Who you send yeah, that's out? fine. If I were in charge, you ever see Moneyball, Ray? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I've seen it. In Moneyball, Billy Bean is so pissed off at Art Howe for starting Pena at first base every single game. Part of the formula. Part of the formula is to play Hatterberg at first. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You got to trade Leary and get him off the roster so Tony LaRusso his plus 48 weighted runs created plus self. Oh, my God. You need to bring him into the room and he's going to look at him. You traded Pena. You traded anything for Larry. The guy who played... Art how I believe he's passed on now. He played a big role in one of the Hunger Games movies too. I forget. I forget his name right now. And I'm like Donald Sutherland. Yes, and it's there like, it's like, oh my god, get you know what I would love. Or- that is that's <laughs> pretty is fucking if, good. I like if that. Han yeah. did trade him. If he traded Garcia, and Tony Larusa comes, you know. Moseying into the room the way he does, like he did when a Brady got. <laughs> like like when he ran into a Brady. And he looks yeah. at Rick Hahn and he goes, "You traded Garcia. You traded Garcia." And Rick Hahn just calmly looks at him and went, "I traded a utility player." Yeah, yeah. and if, and if he does do that, if he does try to walk into his office, he'll get there next week. Just that's right. you just you, you guys remember how mad Tony got about calling Larry a utility yeah. player Vinnie last Duber, year? Vinny Duber took it hard that game, yeah, but you know, Payne made the All Star team. Larry ain't making no All Star team. That's right. Wow. No, it's funny, Vinny. I had the exact same thought not a week ago that like you're gonna have to trade this guy or send or DFA him or something to get Tony to stop playing him. He's just not gonna stop playing him. Ray, your last thoughts got cut off because I think you're on mute. No, no, I was just I was looking at my boy Gonzo oh. as we were talking, and Gonzo has yeah. a wheel spinning. Looks, and I just looks, I just I know Gonzo sad. pretty well now. He's got a wheel spinning. <laughs> he's sad. That's sad, Gonzo. Yeah, he's like I don't a, want I don't want Laurie on this championship team to begin with. And that should have been that should have been ended in 2019. That's it. Yeah, it should have. Would you have kept Yober Sanchez over him? Neither. He should have never been here, right? Hey, I they cut him after he won a gold glove, just like you did with I was going to say, he's a gold glover. You I got started it. hating Yomer Sanchez when he became Yomer Sanchez. Dude, your name's Carlos. You don't just get to change your name after the season's over going into the, Imagine if next year I decided, you know what? I want everyone to start calling me William. My new name is William. You're not going to call me Bill from now. You're like, dude, no, your name's Vinny, okay? Your name's Carlos. Yeah, your name's Mike, not John Carlo. <laughs> yeah. Your name's Mike. Oh, him too. Him too. He changed his name. Mid- hey, no. That one had some legitimacy to it. Dude, your name's Mike. You don't just get to wake up one morning and go, why doesn't everybody call me John Carlo? No. Your he, name's did, Mike. Did you ever hear the story of why he's John Carlo and not Mike Stanton? Oh, no. I have no clue. But if you Oh, no. It's because when that. he came to the States, some like somebody within the uh, – Marlon's organization didn't know how to pronounce Giancarlo. And they were like, who's that? And they were like, that's Mike. <laughs> it came from asshole. nowhere. They just that's started awesome. calling him Mike one day. And he's that's like, who's awesome. Mike? Who-? That is so funny. <laughs> I could be misquoting that, but that is the way I remember that story being told. At, that's probably true. 
I want to say it was like at the at the All Star at the All Star game, the season that he started become being called Giancarlo Stanton and not Mike Stanton. Because I know By a lot of people had two had seasons under the name Mike Stanton, 2010, yeah. 2011. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Mike has an MVP and Giancarlo doesn't. I could be wrong about that though. No, Giancarlo definitely won an MVP. Giancarlo's got an minute. MVP. Giancarlo's Mike Stanton MVP. and Giancarlo Stanton are the same people. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and and they've been in the same room, and everybody saw like that's Mike Stanton and that's Giancarlo. That's crazy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I never thought dude. about this. I haven't thought about it because John Carlo was John Carlo the whole time to me. So no, he was Mike in the early days in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Well, before well, Jeter got there or any of it. Yeah, not nothing. Like when I was in the army, man, it was kind of hard to keep up with. Like sure, uh-huh. sure, the way it is. Yeah, but, but yeah. So yeah, damn, that's crazy. Man, Mike's that, wow. That's funny. And there's a similar one in hockey too. Evgeny Malkin when he came over from Russia, he was scared that everyone was going to make fun of his name, Evgeny. And she's everybody call me Gino. I am Gino. <laughs> now people still call him that to this day. So it's funny when guys change That's names. Funny. I That's mean, crazy, in though. baseball, like it's the one sport where I feel like you get away with it a little more because I mean, that's how guys got their names back in the early days of baseball. You know, who's that? Uh, that's lefty. Why you call him lefty? Yeah, I love seeing some of the like when Shohei Otani breaks a record, he like broke Lefty Timmons record or short Shorty Mc, McFarland's record from the yeah, Pee Wee Reese Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> Why was he called Pee Wee Reese? Because he was like five six. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> fun stuff, guys. Ooh, what a fun show we're having. Um, Ray, I want to give you a, a moment to talk a little bit about your your space on Twitter. You know, this guy knows his White Sox baseball. There's a space on Twitter where you can go and talk to a bunch of White Sox fans that are just having a good time all the time. Uh, Ray's Juke Joint, is right? Is that the correct name, yeah, right? That's the correct name. Yeah, I had a little um, – so initially, so I woke up one day and I was just like, man, I want to do something to where I can kind of just talk to guys. And I caught, I pulled some inspiration from one of my other guys um, – you know, one of my guys from the Three Kings um, during the Bears season, they run their spaces during the Bears season. So I was just like, man, I think we should do that for the White Sox. So why not? If You know, why not me? So I just started doing it. Right. Yeah. And and then um, over, over the time that um, over the time that I started it, it started to pick pick up. It'd be, you know, one or two people, three people. Then it became four 15, 20, you know, last week we had 82 people on one day. So it was like, wow, this is really, you know, really whatever. So my thing was I wanted to have a place where we can watch the game together, just like we're at the park. Everybody can't go to the park every day, right? So, you know, you sitting in the stands. <laughs> I've had some crazy conversation in the stands at the rate um, with just people. And we've had really good baseball conversations in the stands over a beer, um, over a hot dog or whatever. And I said, let me just see how that goes and see if I could, you know, start something. So then when it caught fire, um, I met a lot of good people. Right. I met a lot of good people and I've I've really connected with a lot of White Sox fans from all over. Right. And and some and some Cubs fans, you know, a couple (laughs) of them coming there. Here or there. Yeah. A couple of them coming there often. And. And they, but they're, they're, you know, they, they, they keep it right down the middle. You know, they're, they're really Chicago sports fans. You know what I mean? Like 
like they when we play the pubs, you know, it's the big brother, little brother type thing. They feel whatever, we feel whatever. So at the end of the day, the spaces, the spaces for me was just me trying to start something, start a platform for just Sox fans to come in and and talk and share their grievances and argue. I mean, you should hear some of the arguments. Like the trading Tim Anderson went crazy. It was like people were telling people, come over here. They're talking about trading Tim Anderson. It was like, what is happening? So, yeah, it's like, you know, um, so I think that that was a, an idea that I just had. And then Ray's Juke Joint became something where I met my guy Eric through the space. And I met my young, uh, my young, um, intelligent young woman, man, and Elise. She is something special especially way to the basketball and football season starts. So I met them too, and we kind of hooked up organically and came up with Ray's kind of just because, you know, my name's Ray, and we came, they're our initial spell, Ray. So we went with that, and then Juke Joint is just kind of an homage to um, back in the day where, um, yeah. you know, we would come together where it's not socially acceptable to hang out, but everybody <laughs> came together and had a good time in a Juke Joint and talked their shit. So I think that's the reason why – it fit so I because I, I want everybody to feel welcome, you know, come in and oh, talk yeah. and everything like that. And you know, I've had Gonzo in there numerous times, and I haven't had in there. Uh, I saw you pop in, um, a couple times, Joe, underneath the stopper hitman. Uh, yeah, Benny popped a- <laughs> in one time or two, and uh, um, so that was it's cool, man. You know, guys, it's it's good because there's a lot of fucking smart baseball people out here. In the city, a lot. a lot of smart baseball people. And guess what? I didn't know what the fuck OPS plus meant. I didn't know what plus WRC <laughs> meant. I didn't know what a lot of these metrics were before the whip. I started the space. Huh? The whip? You know, I knew whip, but it was a couple wow. of the advanced metrics or the advanced sure. uh, numbers that I didn't understand. But now I do. Now I understand them quite well. So it's like. Yeah, this is this has really taught me a lot as a baseball person to kind of look at it a different way than a dumb jock like I am to go and freaking just say, hey, this guy hits the ball far. No, how does he hit the ball? What's his yeah. exit velo? What's his freaking launch angle? What's his percentage on slugging and so on and so forth? So now you can kind of take what you see on the TV, use the numbers, and kind of just have a full range of baseball knowledge. And, and that's just why i think that uh the space is just such a great thing to um just to have for Sox fans because you could come in there and say everybody sucks and nobody's going to jump down your throat nobody's going to you know we're going to try to ask you why you feel the way you feel and we're going to talk it out so it is what it is that's a cool thing man it's it's a great space it really is uh i we have a a five-month-old are my first baby at home so i tune in there and just i'm I'm listening you know I'm, i'm you know, I, a lot of times I'm just sitting there, you know, just listening. And it's, it's great to kind of hear it all out. But another, maybe towards uh, if the kids ever uh, napping or whatever, I could uh, chirp in a little bit. But it, it's so much fun. I, I was tuning in, actually, as I was doing the prep for this show today, just kind of listening to everybody. And uh, everyone just wants to make fun of each other. I heard that a little bit. That was funny. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good guys and, yeah, we- and gals in there. Yeah, we got a we got a we got a, a regular crew of people. So 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 imagine your local bar, right? Exactly. You got your regulars who come in every day. You know, they come in, they talk their stuff. We sit around the bar and we just talk. That's kind of what it is. Like the regulars come in and they just 
have a good time talking White Sox and they get angry and they get upset. They argue. Um, it's a couple. Um, <clears throat> um, there's a couple people that have gotten to know each other really well. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just it's the weirdest place, man. I, I want more people to come because. You really learn a lot, but you also have a good time because it's pretty. Vinny's cool. favorite Italian bowl that was in there recently too. Oh, that's that's Vinny. Why is that one of your guys? Tell me why. Because I just want to know. Just... Absolutely not one of my guys. I triple dog dared him to come on my show and say everything he says to me on Twitter right to my face. Oh, one of those. Okay, well, bull, bull, bull gets a mic often, right? And I love Bull. Bull is a, uh, the Italian Bull is a, uh, he, he's, he's, what's the word? He's, um, he's opinionated, to say the least. Say it again. He's very opinionated, to say he's the least. He's opinionated, but it's, it's erotic, not erotic, uh, erratic. Erat- erratic. It's erratic. It's a very erratic thought process that my man employs. And, um, but, but at the same time, sometimes he'll drop a jewel and you'd be like, oh, what was that? And then he was explaining. You were like, okay, you know what I'm saying? So now nah, I, I like Bull. Bull, but if he talk his shit on Twitter to you, Vinny, I feel you. I mean, no, my only problem with him is when he talks shit, he discredits your opinion or says, like, for example, me and Gonzo, we don't agree on we agree. We actually anything. agree on a fair amount when it comes to the White Sox. <laughs> really, the only thing we disagree with is Tony Larusa's management. I mean, what else do we really disagree with? We both think they need more outfielders. We both think the pitching needs to be better. We're both pretty aligned with Dylan Cease and laughing at the Cubs for trading that guy away. Like, there's really not much we disagree about. Now, if imagine when me and Gonzo disagree about Tony Larusa, I came on here and said, "Well, you know what, Gonzo, you have no business coming on this show and giving your opinion because you're you're worthless. Like, your opinion means not like your your content is trash. That's what that guy does. So." Yeah, yeah, and that, and that, that, now that that kind of stuff I don't tolerate um, in the yeah. space, and I and I told my guys, my other co-hosts, we don't allow people to say, you know, we we you, you might say that I think that's dumb, but that's not disagreeing, that's not discrediting what you say. You yeah. just say you don't agree with it. If it's dumb. That's fine. Right. Yeah, it's if you if you feel my what I say is dumb, then okay, fine. But that's not I'm not taking that as you disagree with me. But if I say that your whole fucking thought process is, uh is absolute garbage i'll piss on it in the street like a fucking whatever you know what i mean like that's different than just having a disagreement or argument over you know how tlr manages yeah and if and if you think about it we all root for laundry okay you know gonzo is not rooting for tony la russa he's rooting for the white Sox manager i'm not rooting for jose abreu i'm rooting for the white Sox first baseman we're all rooting for that laundry to hoist the commissioner's trophy at the end of the year. So in a way, whenever someone talks shit or talks negative about their favorite team, everybody else is hoping that they're wrong because they want their team to win. And, you know, I want Luis Robert to have a higher OPS than he does, even though it's still pretty good. Like, I think it's fair to expect that from him based on the tools. It doesn't mean I hate Luis Robert. It doesn't mean I'm an idiot it means that I want the White Sox to be a better team. And so that's why I appreciate your space. Yeah. And then and the, the the one thing about, um, uh, about, let me just get off my guy bull for one second, but at the same time, I, I, I don't just limit the space to just sports. Like sometimes we get into some deeper things and, uh, 
he he shared something with us about you know whatever and i shared him i shared another thing with him as far as like sometimes in the space you talk over people right and or not necessarily talk over people but you don't allow people's thoughts to be fully heard and for you to understand them completely before you respond so i gave him a little nugget that i used to use in the army like i told him i said hey bull from now on i'm gonna tell you 23 seconds right so in the army i would tell my soldiers like it takes 23 seconds to form a thought to have that thought filter it through your brain take it to the heart run it back through the brain before you speak it and know that it's really what you want to say you know what i'm saying so, so Vinny and I need that too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would literally never talk if I did that. Right, right. So, 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 Steve, I'm just saying. So, I would tell. So, it would be guys that just would say crazy, outlandish stuff. You'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Take 23 seconds, man. 23 seconds, bro, and then filter that thing through your mind before you speak. And it it, it works for my soldiers because I got a job to do, and I don't have time for like, uh, for like. A lot of dumb stuff when we're preparing for whatever we're preparing for. So I don't know. I, I, I think and he took it good because, like, I mean, I think that it's a respectable space, and everybody in there knows it's a respectable space. And I, I don't. There's a couple things I just don't allow in it, and I'll kick you out, you know, because you've gone over the, you've, you've been asked to not do something, and that's yeah. that's. I mean, I'm pretty sure if somebody came on here and y'all was like, hey, don't do woo woo woo, right? Then yeah. that means that if they keep doing it, it's like you know, you know, we got to get you out of here. Yeah, let's so, get out of here, man. Yeah. Well, you, well, well, it's and it's a perfect segue. It's it's kind of ironic in a way. You you have a space, and then you're a barber that kind of has to do that during the day anyway. I don't know if you ever made that connection, but I just did in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just I just want to hear a little bit about about that side of your life. Okay, so that side of my life, that's crazy, right? So. My brother, my oldest brother, uh, taught me basically how to cut hair when I was a teenager. He gave me some pointers, gave me some clippers, and, you know, kind of just, um, you know, thank you for posting that up. That's dope. Um, but um, he he taught me some stuff. And then uh, I, I went into the Army, and I started cutting hair um, uh you know, just doing soldier cuts. And I got good at it. I got pretty, really, really good at fades. I got really good at, at other little things, but military style cuts, right? So then over the years, I, I was in the army for 20 years. I was in the army for 20 Thank years. Thank you for your and, service, man. Um, you know, No problem. No problem. I, I, I Sometimes I don't even know how to respond to that because it's like I did it because I wanted to serve my country and raise a family with a back, a structure. You know what I mean? Beautiful thing, man. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, so I'm cutting hair in the army. I'm cutting, 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 cutting. And I lost it, right? So over the years, if you have a talent, right, if you don't cultivate it, you lose it, right? Yeah. So I wasn't cutting as much as I got older. And I was going to the end of my my retirement years. And, um, when I say retirement years, I'm at the back end of my, my service time. Sure, so sure. I'm like 15, 16 years in. I'm not cutting hair like that no more. I'm sitting in the office um, doing I, I was an instructor. I was a teacher at Fort Jackson um, for mechanic school. So long story short, I got out. I 
was a service manager at Cadillac. I was a uh, uh, um, um, operations manager for a garbage company. I was a route manager for a garbage company. I sold insurance for Aflac, and I sold insurance for State Farm. None of those oh, wow. things. Right. So, yeah, none of those things gave me what I was looking for. Right. So you deal with PTSD um, the way that I was going through PTSD, my PTSD. I had to find some joy in my life. I had to find something that I could could embrace as me, you know, Um, and it wasn't working a nine to five. It wasn't working a uh, corporate job or shit. The, the, some of the jobs I had, I was up at six in the morning, not getting home to nine o'clock. What kind of quality of life is that? You know what I mean? So yeah, brutal. I did that for 20 some years in the army. So my therapist said, you know what? What is your hobby? And I was like, what? He said, what's your hobby? <laughs> what do you like to do? And I'm like, shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what I like to do. Like he challenged me. He was like, I need you by next week to tell me something that you enjoy doing and and we'll take that and figure out what you need to do with your life. So basically, I was like, I don't know. I like to play video games. I like to I used to play basketball and used to play softball and baseball and all that kind of stuff for fun. But I got a little too old to do that and got a little too injured. But at the end of the day. I came back and I told him I used to cut hair and all everybody used to love me cutting hair and so on and so forth. And he was like, so uh, what's wrong with being a barber? And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so I was like, oh shit, I am a barber. I just need to That's get right. my license. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so um, by that time I had already used up most of my GI bill trying to get a master's degree in business that I'm never going to freaking use, even though I, I I'm glad I got it. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the masters. I'm, I'm a little couple credit short, but I do have a bachelor's in business. Finish but, it, um, huh? Finish it, boy. I am gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. I got 15 credit. I've got 15 credit hours before I get my MBA. But I'm gonna finish go. it eventually. But Probably. my 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 GI Bill was was done up. So I used the voc rehab through the military to get my barber's license, um, and I finished that, and then. Man, I wanted to teach because going back to where I said my passion was teaching in the army, like the army, army, army. I was teaching soldiers my whole life. And then yeah. when I went to, to teach soldiers how to be mechanics in the army, that was a whole nother thing where I went to instructor school and had to learn how to teach classes and so on and so forth. And then uh, when I was in, in barber school, I'm the oldest guy there, basically. I'm seeing all these young guys in and out and struggling. And they're looking up to me. They're just like, yo, you know, you're, you're, you know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You know, you're pretty smart, right? Like, you know, da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've been around the world, bro. Like, they're in a <laughs> part of the world I ain't been to. Like, so at the end of the day, man, I'm an instructor now at the school. So that's awesome. So those pictures, the same school that I went to, they, they brought me back to uh, be an instructor and, I love it. I don't work, basically. I don't go to work. I don't. I go and do what I love to do every day. Cut hair and uh, and teach young young men and women how to be barbers or just teach in general. I give, you know, life lessons come at you 
and you be able to share with people where they can relate to it is one of the best things in the world you know what i mean so absolutely man yeah that's 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 it so that's the barber side the barber side is just like so crazy because when you get somebody out your chair or you give them that um and that young man right there you're showing that kid is special to me he's headed off to college i cut his hair friday um for the last time before he head off to college the next oh wow yeah yeah that that kid is awesome he's a swimmer uh he's like six five like for real and and his so so yeah man it's um it's uh the barber side is just is is special to me especially the instructor side because i get to talk to a lot of young men a lot of young ladies and i get to get them a career and that's kind of hard to do to say that you uh, help somebody find a career you know find a yeah um find a passion or find a love for something that they signed up for and maybe they didn't know they could be good at but you help them get there that's i don't even know how to explain it, man that's that's special to me so that's my nephew right there that's, <laughs> that's my nephew so my nephew that that young man right there man he's he's special i'm kind of happy to see his face right there but um i i cut his hair way down that was his first haircut in his whole life and i was so happy nice. to cut his hair um Dude, that's awesome yeah i was so happy to cut his hair um uh man he lost his dad so my brother died uh, last year um, man, i'm sorry to hear that yeah, yeah my brother died his father died in april of last year and <clears throat> yeah so it's a lot going on with that little dude so at the end of the day man i'm helping trying to be the uncle for him and all that kind of stuff but um i love all i love it man i appreciate y'all bringing me on here to talk this stuff man because this is a passion for me this is this i'm 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 not like a i don't fake it with nobody like i tell everybody how i feel i tell everyone how i um I, I I don't I'm an open book basically I don't have any yeah I don't have any kind of ego or anything like that I want to see everybody succeed man that's why I'm always like supportive of everybody like I told Gonzo yeah. like before we even start talking like like man I watch y'all shit all the time you know what I mean because y'all from Chicago y'all some Chicago <laughs> dudes who got together right the bar right. guys got together they made the bar room you guys got on there started the South Burp hit man I watched you know all these different broadcasts my three kings guys my bgr guys bad guy radio um uh, coach t for the bears i watch him all the time that's my guy um uh three three point stance podcast um all these guys i i I shout them out i retweet them because for me if you take the time out of your day to go to work right and then you leave work and then you go into something else that you're passionate passionate about, i.e. sports, i.e. freaking playing fucking darts. Who fucking cares? <laughs> if, you, if you if you leave a job and then you go do something you're passionate about, that means you have a balance, right? And everybody doesn't have that. And the ones that have that balance and they go do something they love to do, like you guys, and make a product and put it on the internet and say, this is what we do, as far as our fandom is concerned i i just it's hats off and you guys are inspiration to me 
and all the other people that I just named are inspiration to me um, because I want to do something myself in this vein. And um, I'm on my way with with, with my boy uh, Eric for sure. Release. So, um, but yeah, man, y'all 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 some uh, some real good dudes, man. And for me, it's just a pleasure to just be myself. Cause that's all oh, I can yeah. be. I can't be nobody else. It's too much energy to try to be someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's infectious, man. I'll tell you that having you on and, and talking with you. If you haven't been to Ray's Juke Joint on the Twitter space, make sure you get in there. There's a lot of people in there during and after a game. Heck, there's people in there now, and the game's been over. <laughs> yeah, they're in there now. They're, an hour. Who knows what they're talking about right now? Because it gets crazy after hours. Um, they're doing some play by play of this episode right now. No, I have no idea. <laughs> they um, possibly are. But uh, no, it's 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 really inspirational, man. So we appreciate you coming on. The the, the la- we always have a little bit of fun to end the episode, and we always do like a really lighthearted uh, little thing that I come up with. And today I had to since we had you on the show, I had to figure we do a little roundtable, and I'd ask the guys their most embarrassing hairstyle that they've ever had over the course of uh, of their life. I love it. And do uh, it. I, I bet. I bet. I bet Gonzo had a mullet. I hope he did. I would love he to did. see that. He definitely had a mullet. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to wait until it gets to my turn. <laughs> uh, see? Well, uh, I've I've had some interesting hairstyles over the course of time, but um, I'll lead things off here because I should win. Uh, I had the frosted tips for, for a hot while <laughs> back, back in high school. Not so much like Guy Fieri. It was it was a little bit more like uh like the Lance Bass look here. Oh no, uh, that's back when I had a little bit more hair and it was cool. This was like two thousand two or two thousand three, but unfortunately for me, I I did rock the frosted tips for a hot minute. And they put Not the many, soap cap on you. They did, and they pull yeah. your hair through the little cap. Well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the little caps. Yeah, we, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's is that that's, still a thing? Do people still do that? It's definitely a thing. Some people still get it, and then that that is the way to do it. Yes, and I'm right. and I cannot see, I cannot see you with the spiky. Uh, well, I, I don't have much tip. left anymore, Ray. But. Right, but at the same time, even then, with your facial structure, that's just that's weird to me because we was, we look at that. Weird. Yeah, we look at we look at facial features and facial structure and try to recommend like. So I'd have been like, hey, uh, hey, Joe, guess what, man. I know you think uh, the that's not for you. might be whatever, but I mean, let me see. You're not, you're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I looked a little different back in high school, but you know, okay. still, I don't yeah, think we I, all did. I had hair. So Travis in the chat room says, I'll never go to great clips again. Went there at a last minute resort and left with basically a reverse mullet. <laughs> oh no, Travis. I'm sorry, Travis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Great clips is uh, I don't even know how to say it. Let me. I, I'm gonna just be me. Great, great clips has just a lot of bad barbers that didn't really um, excel in barber college. Put it that way. I I believe that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Vinny, did you ever have an embarrassing hairstyle you'd like to talk about? Yeah, my hair sucks. It's like I have a lot of it. It, I really, I've only, I've only lost a little bit of a hairline since getting in my late twenties, but for the most part, I'm I'm doing all right as far as that. But it's very poofy. It's like curly Italian hair, so I can't really do much with it other than keep it short. Like it's kind of like a 
I call it a white guy, like fro, kind of. Like it's like a. That's it, not a fro, man. It, it, it like it gets, it gets poofy though. Like it doesn't grow down. Like it will not go down. Gravity does not take over with my hair. If I let it grow for years, it would come out here. So it's like, in a way, it is like a fro because it like just will not come down. So it's... I basically have to have this hairstyle or nothing. My most embarrassing story, though, I had a bowl cut when I was a kid. And nice. those old pictures are nasty. But, you know, it's basically two on the side, scissors, finger length on top for the rest of life until it goes away now. Because my brother, Joey, he, he had his hair down to here at one point. And, like, it comes down. It's luscious. It's nice. And then like Joe Dirt, me, yeah. it's just disgustingly poofy. And I can't do it. I can't have a cool hairstyle. I just can't. So so the only way to defeat the, the only way to defeat that is for you would be to have a hydrating type of conditioner right and then for you to use some type of product if you if you want to if i don't know what style you want to go for but if you want to lay your hair down like your brother if you want it to grow out and go down you you have to use product like like, well let's say i wanted to look like michael kopak like have my hair like that i could do that you 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 could probably pull that off you definitely could but but you have I, I can't see the texture of your hair. I see your hair, but I can't see the texture. Like have you ever held meaning, a Brillo pad? Okay, so if you have very <laughs> if you have a more coarse texture, then no. Yeah, but I'm rough. thinking I'm thinking it's not I, from what it looked like. It's more curly than than coarse. Like I mean, not necessarily curly and coarse could be the same thing. But I didn't see I don't see that. But <laughs> oh, that's I'm your not- hair. Okay, I'm trying so to tell Vinny, you, right? It does yeah. not come down. Yeah, so Vinny, uh, yeah, uh, Vinny, that's um, that's almost, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's. Yeah. I'm <laughs> keeping the hat on. I'm keeping my hair short. That's that's just what I do. Yeah, yeah, that that works. Cool. You know, Ray, I'm closer to I'm closer to imitating your current hairstyle than I am a Michael Kopech anytime. Right. Soon. Yeah, Michael Kopech, he has <laughs> golden locks. Yeah, he yeah. looks like Thor. Yeah, props, yeah. props to Vinny's girlfriend for getting me that, that getting That's me that dope. picture. Like, what? That girlfriend is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey Steve, wow. I'm so I'm so I, I'm so curious to what Steve had because it was probably oh. you're not no, gonna I believe hear, this. I want to hear what let... you think. Huh? Oh, I want to hear what, what I you think. think. I, I, okay, so I think that. You said most embarrassing, right? That, that was the question, not the one you love the most, because he probably most had embarrassing. Long, yeah, yeah, he had he probably had long hair at one point in time, like down his back, right? many times. Right, so I, <laughs> I I could see that for sure. But then I think most embarrassing is uh, it would probably be some type of uh, it was it was a short style that doesn't fit his face, you know. That's what it was. I mean, most embarrassing haircut for me would just be anytime I've shaved my head because I have a weird shaped head. And I mean, some, some people have nice round domes that like are great for shit. Not me. I have to keep some hair on my head. Um, if I had to go with most embarrassing, like look that I thought I was totally pulling off that I wasn't, it's, it's not the hair on my head. It's the hair on my face. I grew out a Van Dyke style goatee at one point (laughs) that just, (laughs) It was terrible. I, my hairstyles, no, I will not find hairstyles. Oh, full twisties and everything. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> I was trying to see if I had a picture of the goatee itself. Unfortunately, uh, wow. the best I have is not with it all styled up. Um, I have had many, many, many hairstyles. You name a color of the rainbow. My hair has probably been that color at some point. So it is hard to find a look that I am embarrassed of after all of that. So, 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 so that, that is you going to a rage, right? Or something like that. What's that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, the way that I justified it. So that was before the 2018 season, uh, uh, football season. And my justification for dying at green was as my hair fades from green to not so green, the Packers season and playoff chances will also fade. (laughs) Oh, wow. Talk about commitment. Um, yeah. what, is your, what is your natural? So blonde is your natural color? Blondish brown. Yeah. Some, so that green really there. took that green. That took. green really took. It yeah. also took uh, quite a, you know, I had bleached it and toned it uh, a couple days beforehand. Yeah. Um, and then allowed it to heal a little bit before putting the color in. You know, I've also done uh, some very vibrant colors here. There you go. There's a is nice, that a bass? Is that a bass guitar? Uh, no, this one is not. No, oh, okay. in some of my other photos, there are some bass guitars. Um, that was my bright blue mohawk. So, so that's that. I had the green mohawk. I had a blue mohawk. I had a pink. See, you mohawk, can pull that off. I could tell I you purple could pull mohawk. Off there you go. Red mohawk. There you go. Uh, there is the facial hair. Let's see. That's not bad. But I can't it's, see. I can't see it too good. You have. To yeah. Send, you have to send it to my. Send it to my DM or something. But yeah. It, I, uh, I can't, I can't grow facial hair real well, I, I, particularly sideburns. My sideburns don't grow at all. Then down at the base of my cheeks here, uh, my chin, the back edge of the jaw, it, yeah. it's real patchy and it doesn't come in nice. until the actual goatee area. So that's why I was like, well, I can't grow a whole beard. I'm just going to grow the Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really thought I was pulling it off, but I was, uh, I so, was definitely so, so not. You don't, you, you don't get the, you don't get the full, you don't get the full beard, huh? I do not. Yeah. No. Uh, my, my Italian genetics stopped at the neck. <laughs> I feel you. That's kind of weird. And, 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 and Joe, you don't grow too much right here, huh? Right here. Yeah. Jeez, you don't grow. talking about here. Yeah. Like right in this area, right here. You yeah, see I where mean, you have I, like, so, so you see how mine comes and connects right here, right? Yeah. You have a little gap here on both sides. Yeah, well, a, a lot of that's just me being an with a razor, but uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> uh, it, no, it go see in, a barber. I oh, believe me, I I go to the barber just not as often as I should. Yes, uh, my, my barber one. just had a baby, and I, I, it's is it still a barber if it's a woman? I don't know what the tech, correct terminology oh, no. is. Absolutely, yeah, they're barbers. Unless it, okay. unless he unless he uh, is a cosmetologist that cuts hair. Nope, she's definitely a barber. So well, then she's a barber. I got. I was I sure got, she's like a barbette. I don't know what the actual man, term listen, is. No, they're barbers, and I got I got a couple barbers that have gone come up with me, and I'm teaching right now that are some freaking hitters. They can cut some fucking hair. Line I gotta you go up. See her next week. My hair is brutal. And I, and there's there's some there's some guys there's some there's some ladies out there that are out doing men barbering like they're just talented fucking oh, for sure. barbers for sure yeah like but... like as you can see here i get the good old crown spot here oh yeah so you takes... got the top down that's what's up <laughs> so it, it takes uh it takes a special barber to make it look like it's not balding yeah that well much. yeah well that your, your best style probably honestly to you know if it depends on you are you married 
Joe? I am. Yes, I and am. What is, and what is your wife's age? Does she want you to keep your hair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Then, then you have to. Do you, does she like it low or does she wants it long? I usually keep it low. I'm trying to find yeah. a, a good like shot. How low? Like like faded. Low, I do like, like a, a. I do like a one on the side. And kind of fade fade into good. the. That's my recommendation. Yeah. Always keep it low. That would that would be that'd be good. For That's that. For the top do, down bro. look. For the top down look. The, it's George the only Jefferson, way to make it work. Yeah, the George Jefferson. The George Jefferson. <laughs> That just doesn't quite, you know. Yeah, because you 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 lost it in the middle. I know how you feel, man. You know, I I I, yeah. I grow I grow right here, right? Yeah. And I grow here. Nothing here ever. Nothing. Now I'm getting this weird thing in the front, Rage. I don't understand. It's like right in the middle here, and my, yeah. right in front of my bangs. I'm like, what the hell is happening? It's just disappearing right there. Yeah, that 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 comes from stress and wearing hats. I wear a shit ton of hats, so it's probably <laughs> that comes from stress and wearing hats. That's what that is. Great. Yep. yep. So if you wear a lot of hats, man, just know your hairline is probably going to suffer from it. Just probably going to suffer from it. Yep. And look at I just look realized at Steve. look at Steve with the freaking the old school uh before he became Stone Cold, freaking Steve Austin locks right there. That's I gotta, right. I gotta yes. ditch the hat now. Huh? I gotta ditch the hat now. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose your. You don't want to. You don't want to. Like if you wear, uh, if you wear them constantly. When my sister was eight, my sister cut my. Oh man, yeah, crew cut. Oh my god. Well, that ain't bad. Crew cut. You, a hey, Robert. It's all right, man. We've all been there. In the army, man, <laughs> everybody wore crew cuts. So it is what it yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> so, no, I can actually tell I'm losing hair right there, I've been bro. Here because of wearing a hat. Yep. Yep. You gotta Those let bastard your, hats. You gotta you gotta protect your edges, man. Your your the edge of your hairline is precious. Yeah, and more yeah, and, and then not for nothing. If you if you're a guy that 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 does this constantly, right? If you yeah, do all the time with your hair, yeah, what are you doing? You're freaking pulling your hair back, like you're you're, you're going to be Stephen A. Smith in like five years. Oh God, <laughs> I think we'll go bald. Nah, yeah, I mean, I would never. If I was Stephen A., I would never keep that hair on my head. I was, I don't know what that brother's doing. <laughs> I don't have hair, like, my hair. I got to put the hat back on. Like man, like you're like. Your, if your hairline is on top of your head, it's not a hairline anymore. It's just a backwards fro. <laughs> it's a backwards fro. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Gonzo, we never got to you, man. What's your What's your embarrassing hair, hair story? Did you have a mullet like like Ray Guest? No, I never had a mullet. That's tell the truth, Gonzo. That that hill. Maybe maybe I should have just to play. <laughs> yeah, with you it. should. You should grow a mullet now. I can't. There's no way with my hairline receding. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't pull the mullet off. You, look like you still Vaughn, could. Man. It would just be more of a dog the bounty hunter style. Uh, now I have to go with a fade. Now out here, I have to go with a fade to. Yeah, yeah. Help with the, Patrick help with Kane the, has a mullet. And what's going on right there? He's got a similar hairline. Yeah, no, you you definitely have the right hairstyle for your facial structure and for your head. Yeah, well, so it's not really an embarrassing haircut. It's a uh, hairstyle. And so I do. All right. So I got a colic on both sides, um, and then a colic on the back of my, oh my head. God, I hate people like you. 
<laughs> so I, I have three colics on my head, and I thought that the Bieber style with the growing it all no. out, it helped. But at the same time, like I'm sad that I had to go with that style for so long, and that went through eighth grade, like all the that's, way through senior that's year. Part of growing, our age range. Growing my hair out for that many years, and I wish I would have spent more time with the barber to actually style my hair and. But now I'm paying for it out in San Diego where these barber cuts are, whew, along with the gas prices, but, you know, got to do what I got to do. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the, um, a lot of people be like, why do you, why do you, I don't, I mean, honestly, me personally, I'm one of the more cheaper barbers around um, where I live. Um, and where, where is your shop, by the way, Ray? You should let everyone know. Well, I don't, I, um, I don't. I'm well, at the teach. school now. I'm at the school yeah. now. I'm at, I'm at Denmark College. Uh, Very cool. On uh, US 30 in Maryville. So if you ever come out there and just, you know, I'm finally going to meet my arch nemesis, uh, Junior, um, this week right here. I've met a lot of people from Twitter. I've cut a lot of people from Twitter's hair and their children's hair. So that's pretty freaking dope. Um, but I get to meet my guy, Junior, because I got to choke him out because he, he has a... A couple opinions on certain people in this world, i.e., <clears throat> Justin Fields and um, <laughs> Tim Anderson, that uh, I have to take it out in his ass on. So I, I can't it. wait to meet him for the first time. But yeah, oh, so Denmark College is where I work. Uh, I'm an instructor there, and I do. Uh, you know, I, I still cut hair out of there. I still cut hair, and but I, what I was saying is about as far as like being cheaper. I think like a lot of barbers are still trying to make um they they, they have to make a living right and it costs sure. money everything is going up like you know how much a pair of freaking clippers costs right now like They're just stay out just stay out my, my 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 favorite clippers right now if my favorite clippers broke and i had to go get a new pair that's three hundred dollars yep wow three hundred dollars easy wow. easy and then you got to get the spray that. and you got to get the cooling you got spray. All of that, right? So that's 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 crazy. And then if you got, you know, top of the line liners, those are freaking $180, $200. Okay, so, so I mean, Travis just said his last haircut he paid for was $60, right? So um, a barber's, their time is is their money, right? Sure. And and they have to if they're a popular barber, they have to fit people in. Right. So <clears throat> uh, an average barber that does a good job on a fade, depending on the hairstyle and the hair texture and the hair, whatever. Right. So. For me, I could do a bald fade in like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and it's a quality bald fade. Right. That's my average haircut time right there. You nailed it. Ray. Yeah. So. Um, but at the same time, if you're one of my guys that have issues, let's just say issues, right? And I need to do a little doctoring to make it look really, really good. And I have to, <laughs> or or you're one of my guys that's very picky about your hair or you want some extra things or whatever. So that costs money. Like if I have to put enhancements in, that costs me money. It's gonna cost you money for me to use it on you. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. Um, if you want razor sharp lines on your face and everything like that, if I gotta put a razor to your face, that takes away from my time. I have to hush, boy. Definitely. Um, 
I, so <laughs> so we kind of just increased the money. So if 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 my man Travis's haircut cost sixty dollars, I don't know what all that barber did, but he might have had good reason, and he might be a really really good barber to where he can charge that and and get away with it. Me personally, I'm not charging because I don't make my living cutting hair. Right. Oh wow, just a. Uh, Travis, do you if you live in in this area, man? Let me know, man. Find me. I believe Twitter. I believe he's in Texas. Or oh, Travis that's I why. Know. That's why Texas, California, New York City, and Chicago are as you can probably guess those big ass states and big cities. That that is different. Cost of living is different. You know what I mean. <laughs> so you got to account for that cost of living. They got to have a house. They got to have an apartment. And they got to make you know. They have to. You know, they providing the service that everybody needs is supply and demand. That's all it is. You need that's a haircut, it. I can do it. You just gotta pay my price. You know, if you don't want to pay my price, go to somebody that's cheaper, like great cuts, and then you'd be upset. Exactly, man. You know? That's 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 what it's all about. Uh man, Ray, I can't tell you how how fun this whole thing is. Go that's ahead, Zim. Why do it. That's why I do it myself. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Steve. You know, and that's also I why I know do. how much a pair of clippers costs. <laughs> they, they're expensive. Gee whiz, clippers are expensive. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's <laughs> so. it's been such a fun show tonight, guys. I can't get over. I still can't believe it's been two and a half hours. It surely, oh, it, surely doesn't oh, feel dude. like it. Damn, it has been two and a half hours. It's nuts. It doesn't feel like it. Um, I want to take this opportunity before we wrap things up to plug next week because we have a monster huge guest coming on the show jake berger is going to be on the show next week with us on south burb sitman with his beautiful fiance ashlyn carmella they've they're expecting a little baby boy uh gonna be fun to have those both on next week so 8 p.m central time same time same place gonna be a huge show we cannot wait for that but i tell you what though I've had so much fun on this show. I don't want it to end. Uh, unfortunately, it has to end at some point, though. <laughs> but um, oh, I, I do got a point tomorrow on the Barroom Network. We have Dan and Aldo bear their souls. Uh, Aldo on vacation. The Tooch is going to be filling in for Aldo. So Tooch and Dan, uh, they're going to be talking about a variety of things. I reached out to Tooch to find out specifically what. They're going to be talking streaming TV, Bears rookies, Bears roster, and then NFL overs and unders. So that's going to be a fun show. Don't miss that tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, here on the Barroom Network. But now it's time for us to do some shout-outs before we get out of here. It's been a dynamite show. Ray, we'll let you go first, man. If you got any shout-outs or anything you want to wrap up, and uh, first off, you can you know make sure you follow Ray at S underscore K underscore Powell or Ray underscore Junior the Barber on Instagram. What else you got, Ray? Anything for shout-outs? Yeah, um... Just a just a shout out to um my people that come to the spaces, my regulars. You know what I mean? Those guys have really given me life, right? That's that's one shout out. That's that's more of the sports side, but on life side, my queen, my wife, you know, she's been so supportive of everything that I'm trying to do and have done over the last couple of years so shout out to my wife she has just been my queen my rock my everything so that is uh that's it and my kids you know my daughters um no problem i, I ho hope to see you when you come to illinois um 
the uh my daughters so i raised my girls to be sports girls and they are and my my child is probably going to come up and be heavily involved in the sports world in the business side and i'm excited to see where she goes with it because she's that's awesome yeah she's freaking she's killing it in college right now and i'm pretty sure she's going to um come up and do something big in sports and then my other daughter is just i don't even know how to explain my oldest child she's just she's the best so i just shout out my kids my wife and then everybody in the spaces man you know and my guys the three kings uh bad guys radio uh coach t uh three point stands um if i forgot anybody yeah i don't mean to forget him. oh my man's bull central you know that's my man uh ceo hayes i gotta shout him out that's my guy um and just it man i'm, I'm out of here i I'm, a, I'm gonna stop talking i like to ramble i like to talk i love words so that's just me <laughs> well we, we appreciate having you on ray it's been an absolute blast uh rest of shout outs uh chris gonzalez we'll let you go next buddy yeah first one is going to be sean sierra for uh having me on this morning on his show sean and i in the morning um again that was 35 minutes that was a blast went by really quickly and i can't wait to go back on again with them and have him on here again too um my next shout out is going to be the man above me mr ray the barber absolutely um, i'm gonna shout out his barbershop and also the spaces um not only him but i got a shout out elise i'm not sure if she's still watching but elise eric mac and uh i know me and justin are going crazy in there <laughs> almost every other night um but yeah everybody included there uh, i appreciate going in there and they're doing a lot of good stuff um and ray again was spectacular tonight on the show i'm sure we'll have him again in the future um, and then after I got a shout out, uh, Joe, Vinny, and Zim for holding the fort down for the past two weeks that I've been doing my thing and my crazy career out here. Um, but the good news is, is I'm here for the rest of the season. Um, my schedule has finally panned out here, and I'm good Love to go it. for, unless I get drafted on a double or something, but I should be good to go on my my Monday nights. Um but other than that, uh, I got to shout out uh, my, my girlfriend, Soraya, who is currently, she was supposed to be on the road to head out here to move out here, but she had a coolant issue in Illinois traveling from Indiana. So hopefully she gets back on the road tomorrow. Hopefully that gets resolved. I might have to put that on the Discover. Um, but yeah, she's got a good three to four day trip to get out here to San Diego. Um, she's traveling with her mom, so that would be a nice Safe little girl. That's a nice girl trip on the road, and then she gets out here, and we get to put this place together finally. As, yeah, there's some boxes on the ground there that I need to go through to, for our mattress. But, yeah, I get there you go, baby. this it's whole one-bedroom, $2,400 shit show of a San Diego price that we have there to deal with. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, yeah, man. You gotta move in, you're moving and grooving, baby. Uh, That's good stuff. I'm slowly putting my life together out here. Um. Yeah, this week's been a crazy week for me in the work side of it. A lot of things fell apart the last second. I thought I had some like a, like work accomplishments firsts of my career that fell together, but it is what it is. Um, unfortunately, I'm in the job that we fail every day, um, just the type of work that I have to do. But I have to uh, do my best to stay on top of it and keep pushing, keep with my patience, and I'll get my victories as they come. 
but that and uh things will be a lot better when i'm in here i get to pull off my stress from my my day job and watch the white Sox and talk white Sox with you guys this is another passion of mine that i love doing and um, i'm just hoping that these white Sox um pull together here as they should be capable of doing i think we it, all it, are. <laughs> it makes, makes makes our life a lot easier when we have to talk about the good stuff and not me and Vinny at each other's throats over the negativity of this uh, BS. <laughs> BS. Um, also, my last shout out is going to be I'm going to give it to Vinny again just because wow. I'm looking forward to later in the week with his Blackhawks talk, a lot of good stuff in the hockey world coming up, and he gets to talk about that. And I'm going to definitely tune in for that. And Travis here, you'll get my last shout out. Um, <laughs> yeah don't don't complain my friend um yeah all of our loyal listeners um from some of them that jumped on this morning with uh Hell yeah. and maya and everyone that tunes in every week we love it we loved our loyal listeners um we do it for y'all that's what it's all about man yeah appreciate it gone so steven zim zimmerman you're up next on the shout out train we got I don't know, man. I got a blank mind right now. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> I know we've gone long. We're almost done, I promise. <laughs> no, it's all good. Just just thank you, Ray, for coming on. It's been awesome. I think I'd love to have you on. I think I speak for everybody when I say that. Uh, you know, you're welcome back whenever you want. Uh, looking Absolutely. Very forward to having Jake Berger on next week. You know, um, I've mentioned I uh, joined a little softball league this summer. You know, I play third base. I also have a son. So we're practically the same guy. I think we're going to get along pretty well next week. And <laughs> You guys look very similar, you and Jay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm practically the same height, you know, so. You've got more hair than him. Well, I guess. So. So does Ray. <laughs> right <laughs> so, but uh yeah aside from that shout out to my wonderful family as we uh get started in the whole wedding planning phase yeah, of man. life Congrats. that's gonna be a fun 10 month streak journey whatever that we're about to head on and you know we're, we're already looking to the light at the end of the tunnel trying to figure out what we want to do for the honeymoon it's like wait we got so much more to figure out in between hey, man, that's, a, that's that's important stuff though don't 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 what, hey, that. we I see a picture on the promo of you with a with a baby. Yeah, I so we have uh, an eight year old and a one year old. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so that's what's up. Yeah that that photo is taken at the beginning of last season. We uh, we have updated ones, I think. I just don't yeah, think they made I the should, rounds yet. I it, should plug it, it in whenever you send it to me. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been a, a very busy year as he has. Uh, as, as this White Sox season has gone on, he's gone from being uh, barely mobile to crawling to walking to he is all over the place now. He is asleep at the moment. So thank goodness for that. For now. <laughs> for now. So, that is uh, about all I have this Excellent. week. Good stuff, Zim. Appreciate it, bud. Vinny Parisi, you're next up on the list, my friend. Uh, I always start off with my girlfriend, Caitlin. Very much happy to have her around she I love sent a great photo much. i was gonna say that always always keeping me on my toes sending outrageous pictures of me with my hair to joe mandel knowing he'll put them on the screen and make me look like a clown which i appreciate very much uh, i'm actually surprised she took that one that's like the 
69th ugliest kid picture of me. Like there are way funnier ones. So I, she actually did me a favor by choosing that one. Maybe by next week I'll be eating those words. Jake Berger will be seeing some ugly pictures of me. Um, I also shout out mom, dad, Joey, obviously my family support system there. Love you guys very much. I'm going to give a special shout out this week to Mr. Frank Mueller. Mr. Frank Mueller himself threw what was an incredible 2022 third annual bags tournament. I had my lowest Ooh. finish in my career, but there were over Congrats. 60 people. There were over 60 people there. It was an insane day. I still think outside of like sentimental stuff that, you know, involves family and friends in terms of just like a fun day, it's definitely going to go down as a top three day of the entire calendar year. I had that wow. much fun and Frankie deserves a lot of credit for putting on that show. It was a lot of fun. Frank and I will be hosting bar down on Wednesday. That's going to be right in the middle of the free agent frenzy. The clock starts at noon and then guys are just going to be signed in the rest of the day all day. And we're going to be recording right in the middle of it. And I believe a tweet is going up soon about if the devils sign Johnny Goudreau, Johnny hockey, I'm going to dye my hair red, trying to bring all the good karma I can. We're going to try and be entertaining in that way. I can do my best Zim impersonation. I don't know if you ever did red Zim, but I, I sure did. It okay. slowly uh, became pink over time, but that's that's a whole other story. It's actually not because it faded. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna have to bleach my hair first because my hair is way too damn dark to just dye it red and think I'm gonna get results right you away. Should, I, you, should, you should cross your tips, Finny. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Bleach man. it, tone it, make sure it's healthy. Red is a very large color pigment, and it's very difficult to get to stay in your hair. Well, if it only stays for a picture, I'd be probably okay with it. Yeah, then they just get a spray. Just yeah. get a spray. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. even think about doing an actual color treatment. No. All right. I'll take that word from the barber himself. Especially if your hair's already like a Brillo pad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'll shout out everyone here too individually. Ray, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your service. Thank you for hosting the spaces, everything that you do. The barber, I'm going to come get a fresh cut one of these days. Um, I'll have one of the professionals do it. Um, Gonzo, very much congratulations to you on the new place and excited to see what it looks like when everything's all wrapped up and moved in. Zim, very excited to hear the news about your future matrimony. That's going to be a lot of fun to hear about and, you know, see what's going on with you. That's great stuff. Very much congrats to you. And Joseph Mandel, I can't thank you enough for taking Joey and I to the White Sox game last week. Oh, they, no problem, man. They had fun. a tough loss because of the Joe Mandel curse. You know, we're not going to talk about the Joe Mandel it's curse. Brutal. But, it's brutal. Because, um, you know, I believe I've been to like seven or eight games this year. Somehow, the dog crap White Sox team, I've, I think I'm eight and two. Last year, 93 win White Sox team. I went to like 30 something games. I was under 500 and it wasn't close. So it's just weird. I need to go to more games this year. I, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to talk about my record at games. But Joe, thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. And that was a lot of fun. I can't wait till we get to pay it forward with you later in the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. So, guys, great yes. show. I literally, we're going to have such a huge show next week. I honestly can't believe we're going to get to embark on this together. I'm so much looking forward to it. Jake Berger, the four of us, man, we got a treat for everyone coming up next week. Yes, I am over the moon. Cannot wait for it. So thank you, Vinny. Great shout out. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun bringing you. Uh, first and foremost, got a shout out. Ray the Barber, absolutely dynamite guest, Ray. So much fun. You know we'll be talking a lot more on Twitter. I'll be in your space. It's going to be a lot of fun. So everyone get in there. Give them a follow on Twitter. Give them a follow on Instagram. Uh, at S underscore K underscore Powell on Twitter. 
and Ray underscore Junior the Barber on Instagram. See some of his great work. It's dynamite stuff. Uh, always going to shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, our five-month-old daughter, Audrey, and my two-year-old Great Dane Maverick. He's a beast, but he's a big boy, and I love you all. Uh, of course, all my White Sox brother in arms on the show. I'm talking Vinny, Chris, and Gonzo. Um, I mean, Vinny, Chris, and Zim. <laughs> hey. uh, what a slip of the tongue. <laughs> I can't Chris, I got, people. Gonzo get shot out twice. Um, no, Zim, Vinny, and Gonzo. I can't even he's, talk. He's Mike Stanton. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's not Chris. He's also Gonzo. He missed me that. He missed me that much. Yes, but no. Shout out to you guys. It's always great doing the show with you. Love it, and everyone in the chat room. Uh, I'm gonna give a massive shout out to Jake Berger and Ashlyn Carmella. Ashlyn specifically, his beautiful fiance, uh, who we had on the show earlier this year, that got us uh, Jake to come on next week with her. So I certainly cannot wait for that, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, definitely a huge show for us. So stay tuned for that. It's gonna be a ton of fun. We hit the finish line, boys. We got all the way to the end. Uh, it's time to get out of here, Ray. I cannot thank you enough for giving us over two and a half hours of your time, man. I didn't expect it to go this long, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's been two hours and forty five minutes. So, Ray, I cannot thank you enough, man. Thank you. No problem. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Do, well, well, I'll, I'll type it in here. Never mind. No, go for it. Well, I was just going to ask: Is there like a little talk period after you do your ending? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll okay, we'll we'll, right. we'll, de- we'll debrief. We'll do a little post game freaking, uh, you know, what's it? Decompression mode or whatever. That's right. We'll do. Yeah, I'll little, tell you every take of yours I disagreed with once we're off air. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> no, but but. Uh, you know, for, for everyone here and for the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Steven Zim Zimmerman. We've got Vinny Parisi, Chris Gonzalez, and our guest today was Ray the Barber. Thank you, White Sox fans. Let's hopefully turn it around. Maybe we'll have better news once we're on the air with Jake Berger next week. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But most of all, as always, let's, let's go, go Sox. White Sox.